Uh, 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 yes, I'm here. I just watched that step. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another five and a bit hours of Anything Can Happen. Um, most unhinged radio I've ever heard somebody once said. Folks, it's the night shift, and we are on the Triple M Network. We are going live around Australia at the moment on God knows how many transmitters. It's amazing they let us loose, but we're here in our eighth year. And uh, we're on independent stations scattered everywhere, and we are streaming live on the Listener app. Folks, why don't we say good day to each other? Why don't you join us and uh, create some conversation? The telephone number hasn't changed. It's 13353. The email is the same, nightshift at triplem.com.au. But being a live radio talk program, it's a good idea we talk. Lots of things to give away. It's going to be a massive um, caller of the week prize, and I forgot Michael Hope from Hope Estate is with us on the Man Cave, so I'm going to fleece him of goodies to give away, Thomas, because when he's here in the studio, he can't say no. That's right. We can use and abuse his powers. Well, that's right. So we'll give away some wine or some beer. We'll do that on Friday as well from, from Hope Estate. Hello, Thomas. How are you? I'm doing very well. What are you well. up to? What have you been doing? What's been happening? Oh, I've been with you most of the time. No, don't say <laughs> that. There'll be rumours now. Well, There'll be rumours now. Yeah, we can't say that. Uh, look, I've been, uh, what have I been doing? I, I, I've, I've been starting the year with uh, news, New Year, New Me. We're, we're getting into February, so it's the year's chuffing on. The year's nearly gone. I said to myself, my news resolutions will be to start a physical activity, which I started doing. I started to go into the pool once or twice a week. Oh, that's good. Keep a bit active. Well, that's good. If anyone out there got a New Year's resolution that they started back on the 1st, and today's the 30th, right, the last day? That's right. Last day. Have you kept it? Or did you say on the 2nd, bugger it? So your New Year's resolution was to get a bit physical, and you started swimming in a swimming pool. That's very good, Thomas, and you're still doing it. What was your New Year's resolution? Was it worth it? One triple three. Five three is the telephone number. It's Trucky Tuesday today. Rod Hannafee joins us, the president of the National Road Freighters Association. Uh, he's the man who has the voice in Canberra. He has the voice with the NHVR, and he is on the radio with me in about an hour from now. He'll be parking his Kenworth somewhere, pulling over the side of the roads somewhere, and we'll play Where's Wadney? And uh, Rod will will talk to us. If you have any trucking issues, if you have any road safety issues that you'd like to share, this is the time to do it. And um, I think for our best Trucky Tuesday caller, we'll give away another Triple M T-shirt. So have a crack at that. If there's something you think Rod needs to know, please uh, call up in about an hour. Or you can ring Thomas now. Thomas will take your number and we'll ring you back when Rod's pulled over and ready to go. It saves you waiting on. So, Trucky Tuesday today, looking forward to it. Plenty of other things to talk about. Did you, Thomas, you had to, um, you had to educate me uh, as to all the things that listener do, all the podcasts on the listener app that are available to people, and we're going to discover a new one today. That's right. Uh, listener do all kinds of podcasts from entertainment to life and culture. But one of my favorite kind of genres that they tap into is documentary and narrative. Yes. Joey Watson is a young journalist. He's 27 years of age. He started his career at the ABC as an auto cue operator. Did you know that? I didn't know that about him. That's how he started. 
at the ABC. He was an auto queue operator, but he's now a very active journalist with a great brain, and uh, he's obsessed with espionage and spying. And he got started, and it, look, he's only 27, but he got started like a lot of us did with um, James Bond and Ian Fleming. And he loves intrigue and spying, but he, he's not so big on the non-fiction. He's, he's big on the, uh, on, the, on the fiction. He's big on the non-fiction. And anyway, he has done a fantastic look into the world of espionage at the end of the Cold War. And it's called Nest of Traitors. And everyone's talking about it. So we're going to meet Joey Watson, the journalist and presenter behind the latest listener podcast sensation, Nest of Traders. He will join us um, later this morning. And if you miss him, well, guess what? My chat with him will be a separate podcast. That's oh, amazing, isn't it? It'll be a separate podcast on our podcast, The Night Shift. So that's coming up uh, a little bit later. Here is an age-old question. It comes up every now and then, and with the dramatic rise of juvenile crime in Australia, it's now being looked at seriously. And it's the subject of conscription. Dr. Alexei Muriov of Curtin University in Western Australia has said that the current wars in Eastern Europe and the Middle East could be the spark for a nuclear catastrophe. And the primary consideration is on readying countries and coalitions for the possibility of an all-out war. Now, he's written this opinion piece for Sky News. The Associate Professor of National Security said, there are several potential flashpoints in countries close to Australia which could lead to open confrontation. And perhaps it's time, listen to this, perhaps it's time for Australia to consider the return of national service. Now, the reason I married this into the topic on juvenile crime is because every time, nearly every time we talk about juvenile crime, the subject of conscription comes up, that these young kids are bored, they have too much time on their hands, too much bad influence, and that they need to learn a trade, they need to learn a purpose in life, and national service should come back into being here in Australia. Now, once upon a time, you did national service when you turned 18. And there are plenty of countries around the world that have national service. You've got to be in the army, male, female, whatever, uh, for two years. If we brought in conscription, national service here in Australia, would this have an effect on juvenile crime? Would it have an effect on those young people that we saw demonstrating on Australia Day, the neo-Nazis? Would it show a, a discipline that's lacking? And would it ingest some sort of a national pride instead of a national hatred? It's just a thought, and I want to talk about it a little bit later. National service. Could it be the saving grace of Australia? You tell me. Let's talk about it. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Well, Thomas... My local shopping centre once had six banks, seven ATMs, and was a thriving, bustling community. Well, one less bank is there, and uh, it's not even an ATM. And people around Australia are going to find out the news today.
that yet another major Australian bank has announced its closing branches. And this comes just a month after its boss revealed it was pursuing an almost solely digital future. Listeners, I'm talking about Bankwest. Bankwest, it serves 1.1 million customers across the country. And they've recently announced the closure of three more banks in Western Australia, citing a surge in digital transactions and the rapid decline of demand for cash services. The bank, which has been owned by the Commonwealth Bank of Australia since 2008, do you remember it provoked absolute outrage on this program back in 2022 when it shuttered all of its remaining 14 branches along the east coast of Australia? The bank's only physical presence is now in Western Australia. And even that is now shrinking. It closed its Armadale branch in southeast Perth on the 18th. And in recent days, the banks announced the permanent closure of another two branches, Maddington in Perth's southeast and Kununurra in the far north of WA, 45k uh, north from the Northern Territory border. In August last year, Bankwest announced it was closing branches in uh, South Perth, Osborne Park, following Subiaco's closure the month before. When was the last time you actually went into a bank and saw a teller and filled out a withdrawal form or or did some sort of face-to-face transaction? I've got to be honest, the last time I went into a bank to see someone face-to-face was about eight or nine years ago when the money box that I had next to my bed was full and I had to take it down to pour the the coins in the coin counting machine. And that was, you had to physically go to the bank to do that, Thomas. All our banking is done online now. I can't remember the last time we saw somebody face to face. Long time ago, we got rid of a checkbook. Anyone remember checkbooks? You, you wouldn't even know what a checkbook was, Thomas. Would you know what a checkbook did and how, how to balance a checkbook? Oh, I, it's you remember a your, fast, You remember your parents doing it? Yeah, I do. You never did it. It's a fast stretch because back in the day in primary school, we had a program called Dollar Mites. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brain, yeah. Mm, yeah. So it's the next kind of extension of for the, the younger demographic. Well, Dollar Mites, yes. Anyone out there remember Dollar Mites? When I was a kid at school, we all had a bank book. It was grey. It looked a little bit like a passport, and it was in a little plastic sleeve. And you bought your savings in every day, and the person from the bank would stamp your bank book. And banking was – this is – I'm talking early, early primary school, infant school and primary school. And it was always with the Commonwealth Bank, and you got a little metal Commonwealth Bank money box, which looked just like the Commonwealth Bank building here in Sydney. And, um, and, you, and you put your money in it. And you take your money box to school. I think banking day was Monday. can't remember. And the bank books were all held in a white, what do you call it? A, like a library bag. It was a bag with a string on it. And uh, your bank book got stamped. And usually we took in five cents every Monday. It was, so it was teaching you how to do banking, which was, I think, what Dolomites was about. And it was, and it was run by the Commonwealth Bank. That's right. And it makes me wonder in today's age with everything going digital, I wonder if today's kids, today's 
kids at schools are going to have a grasp of how to save money without a physical element there? It's a very, very good question. It's a really good question. Is everything going digital? Digital? Uh, are our younger Australians losing the art of uh, balancing books and being responsible with money when everything's tap and go? But anyway, Bankwest is going to go solely digital. It's closed more of its branches. So there you are. You won't be able to go in and see somebody face-to-face. But when was the last time you needed to see someone face-to-face? This might be very well for younger Australians who are very internet savvy. But what about older Australians? What about the country towns where the bank was the lifeblood of the town? And, you know, for some Australians in regional Australia, it was the only time they actually sort of saw someone face-to-face. They knew who the banker was. They'd have a little bit of a chat and they'd do their banking. What about those Australians who don't want to touch ATMs and don't know how to log on and do their banking on a laptop? What happens to those people? They've been completely forgotten. What do you make of it, folks? One triple three five three is the telephone number. We'll talk more about that in more detail with Shane Oliver, um, who was senior economist with AMP. He'll, he's back with us today. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Um, a couple of stories that I want to talk to Rod Hannafy about. Um, and thank you for this, Thomas. Australia is completely dependent on its transport network to keep the economy running with truck drivers at the coalface. And everybody in the industry knows it. Ryan Howison from Big Rigs magazine writes, anyone who drives along one of our highways would have seen a truck with the sign, without trucks, Australia stops. It's the truck driver mantra. Four small words that make a powerful statement. And guess what? It's true, he writes. Australian truck drivers traverse thousands of kilometres every single day. They transport virtually everything society uses, from groceries and raw materials to machinery and specialised equipment. The Australian Bureau of Statistics estimated that in the 12 months to June 2020, Australian road freight vehicles moved an estimated 223,949 million tonne kilometres of freight across the country. Without trucks, the Australian economy would no less than grind to a halt. Um, And it's a fantastic article, Ryan Howison. We should get Ryan on the program. Thomas, I'll leave that up to you. Big Rigs magazine. He writes... A long time ago, we didn't rely on trucks as we know them today. We relied on steam-hauled road trains. And you, you could use the Yadamadantra copper mining valley of South Australia in the 19th century. These machines marked the pioneering days of the industry. I want to have a talk to Rod Hanafy about this article later this morning about the shift towards internal combustion engines, which began in 1912, the introduction of hauling trucks, and by 1914, manufacturers being actively developing petrol engine trucks. The history of the Australian truck industry is a fascinating one. And without trucks, our our shelves in our supermarkets would be empty. So 
Well done, Ryan Howison. It's a fantastic article. It's in Big Rigs magazine. And we'll talk about the importance of the trucking industry to the Australian economy in more detail later this morning based on that article. One triple three five three. Something else that we needed to talk about was uh, once again caravanners because we're still in New South Wales in the last week of school holidays and the caravans have been out there in force this summer. And truck drivers are warning caravanners not to park in their rest stops because of the potentially devastating consequences of missing a fatigue break. Results from a recent survey of 1,000 car drivers by the NHVR found that 60% of caravanners had parked in a truck-specific rest area and 22% did so often. A high number of drivers were not sure why they should not park in truck rest stops and truck drivers face heavy penalties if they miss scheduled rest breaks and they carefully plan their routes around places where they can safely stop. More on that with Rod Hanafy a little bit later on. But I'd be very keen to hear from uh, people who used our roads and freeways over the Christmas break and encountered caravanners. A caravanners now getting it. The seasoned caravanners, the people who, who've been doing it for years, that, that's not the problem. It's the new caravanners, people who have cashed in their super, bought a four-wheel drive and a big caravan and have hooked up for the first time and gone, woohoo! The open road's ahead and they have no idea what they're doing. We'll talk about that this morning on Truckee Tuesday. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Um, oh, God, there's plenty of other stuff I want to talk about this morning. There's a lot of interesting stuff to get off my chest. So we'll do that. Um, I look forward to talking to Graham Wynn, who's back with us. Graham Wynn's our employment expert from Superior People Recruitment. Um, there was uh, there was a lady who got dismissed from her job, or she well she she took it to fair trading and lost. She got dismissed because she was working from home, and because she was logged on to her work server, her employer was able to monitor exactly what work she was doing from home. They were actually able to monitor her exact keystrokes on her laptop, and they found that she wasn't working. They gave her the punt. She lodged an unfair dismissal claim, went to fair trading. She lost. So have a look at your work agreement, folks, because the chances are you have already given permission for your employer to monitor exactly what you're up to on your computer. And if you're working, see, the biggest dilemma Graham thinks that we'll have in this year, 2024, is a wave of employers insisting that employees come back to the office. And employees are saying, this is the deal. We allowed you to stay home during COVID. We didn't have much choice, but that's all over now. You've got to come back into the office. You've got to start socializing with people again, sharing ideas, brainstorming, and the other argument is, well, why should I? If I'm working from home successfully, I've reached my goals, I've reached my KPIs, I'm being productive, why can't I stay at home? And Thomas, do you want to know one of the biggest, biggest reasons why employees are arguing against coming back into the, um, into the office? Have a guess. I mean, against. Quick, no, have a guess at their biggest arguments against coming back. 
Is it management of ours at all? No. It's pets. So many workers got pets during COVID for company. And these pets, these cats and dogs, particularly the dogs, cats seem to be more independent. But the dogs have had their mum or their dad with them 24-7 since 2019. And all of a sudden, these workers are saying, I've got to leave home and go back to the office. My new pet, which is now nearly four, is going to go berserk. And here is a fact, Thomas. Australian dog shelters are absolutely full to the brim of people returning pets now that COVID's over because they can't keep them. That's really sad. It is a fact. It is really sad. And hindsight is a beautiful thing when you have it as well. One triple three five three is the telephone number if you have some thoughts on all of that. By the way, did you hear about the Chinese woman who had $4.3 million left in her estate when she died and she left it all to cats and dogs and she brushed her children? Really? She said that her her children never visited her when she was sick. So she changed the will and she's left $4.3 million to cats and dogs. Right. You know what? Good on her. more, More on that later this morning. Hey, listen, I've got plenty of stuff I want to talk about. But I want to talk to you. One triple three five three is the telephone number. In case you missed my chat with the leader of the Nationals, David Littleproud, I'm going to replay my interview with him um, in just a moment on his thoughts on the neo-Nazi problem we have here in Australia. You've seen it in the news by now. But just to bring you up to speed, Australia was going through this very strange stage where we have people who have neo-Nazi salutes They uh, uh, hate anybody that's not white. And on Australia Day, there was a large group. um, Most of them had come up from Melbourne, but there was a neo-Nazi group and they stay together via social media. But in Sydney, getting on a train in Artarman. Now, Artarman is a leafy North Shore suburb. They got on, I think there were 61 of them. And they got onto a train all dressed in black with their heads covered, balaclavas. It must have been frightening for any uh, passenger on the train to confront this. And they were on their way to central Sydney on Australia Day. Well, somebody from the public reported it to the police. They were right on them and the police were able to round them up. So they're now introducing new laws in New South Wales where the police will have the power to remove balaclavas from people wearing them. The idea is so that, of course, the news cameras will be able to capture their faces, the photographers will capture their faces, and their identities will be spread all over the place on social media so that their their families, their friends, their employers will know who they are and see who they're dealing with. It's hoped that those new laws will help get rid of this ugly, ugly element. But uh, yeah, David Littleproud, leader of the Nationals, has some strong thoughts on, on all of this, and I'll replay my chat with him for you in just a little while. The Quickie continues, and there is a clue on the podcast. Today is Quickie Day number three. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, it's day number three. It's a song from the 80s. It was a big hit from a huge artist. The clue is on our podcast, so we'll have some fun with the Quickie later today. One triple three five three. Have I forgotten anything? I think that'll that'll do us. I think that's mostly everything. I think that'll get. Oh, you know who we've got later on today? No, who? 
Trevor Long. Yeah, Tech Talk. Yeah. What's he talking about? Oh, well, he's got some news about uh, Optus's outage from mm-hmm. last year in November. Well, some more just information has been any, given on that. They've only just worked out what's happened, have they? Yeah. Well, it doesn't s- surprise me. Did someone forget to put 20 cents in the meter? <laughs> then what happened? Well, it's to do with that triple zero call that was made on that beach in Sydney and uh, why that number didn't connect to triple zero mm. in the first place. They've got a detailed report on that, which is quite interesting. All right. Anyway, um, Trevor Long and the latest in what's going on in the world as far as technology is concerned later today. God, how's that? That'll get you there. One triple three five three. You're the most important part of the program. For Trucky Tuesday, a T-shirt to our best and most positive and constructive uh, caller this morning. But I'd like to hear what you think about any of our hot topics here today. It's a program that's designed to get us all together, to get us talking, sharing ideas, and keeping each other company during the small hours as we go right around Australia. One triple three five three night shift at triple m dot com dot au. I'll give you your comprehensive weather for the rest of today here in Australia in just a moment. You're listening to The Night Shift around Australia on the Triple M Network, independent stations everywhere, and we are streaming live as we speak on the Listener app. What do you make of these Nazis, the neo-Nazis that are terrorising Australians all over the place? What's their agenda? What's their MO? Um, And should there be tougher laws to outlaw this behaviour? Or do you believe in freedom of speech so long as it does not incite violence? Should a Nazi salute be banned? How much freedom of speech do we want to award people? Is it all or nothing? Is a Nazi salute offensive? And uh, what just what was going on in Sydney on Australia Day? Those Nazis, all dressed in black, balaclavas, all in a uniform, they came from all over Australia. There were some from Sydney, some from Perth. Intelligence says there were some from Adelaide. Even four of them came from Tasmania. They have their tentacles everywhere, but they're based mainly in Victoria. And we'll find out more about it in just a little while. I'd like to know what you make of it. One triple three five three. Hey, listen. If it's green and it grows, you're going to love your Swift Grow. I had a call from Brendan last week who's tried Swift Grow. My God, does he love it. The way I explain it to anyone is because obviously it's not a fertilizer as such. It's like steroids for plants. Hmm. But a few things that happen which I, I still can't get my head around, and one of them is I've got roses, and not only does it make healthy roses, they smell nice, but the way that it's helped combat um, black spot. Yeah. And then apart from that, whether it be the grass, I've grown tomatoes, I've grown corn, I've got fruit trees. It's just amazing. Are you, are you just, it is just amazing. That is Brendan who rang me up a couple of weeks ago. He, he just wanted to tell me how much he loves his Swift Grow. And everyone does. It's natural. It puts nature back into the soil. And here is the best deal ever. A five-litre bottle of Swift Grow for just 120 bucks, free delivery Australia-wide. If it's green and it grows, you will love Swift Grow. Contact them. Go online. Montana will look after you. Swiftgrow.com.au. The Night Shift on Triple M. Trucky Tuesday in 25 minutes. Trucky Tuesday coming up with Rod Hannafy in uh, about 20 minutes from now. I have no idea where he's going to pull over in his Kenworth, but we'll play Where's Wadney? And we'll talk all things road safety and, and trucking. If you are behind the, 
the wheel of a truck and you'd like to talk to Rod, um, you can call Thomas now and we'll, we'll call you back or um, Rod coming up in 20 minutes. Look, for those who missed my chat with head of the Nationals, David Littleproud, yesterday, I'm sure most of you were really alarmed to see this sudden rise in neo-Nazi protest behaviour we're seeing in Australia at the moment. I have no idea what's triggered this anger or what's triggered this movement or why they're doing what they're doing. Some experts yesterday are saying that it's a bit like joining a bikey gang, that they attract people who need belonging in some sort of a family. They need to be part of a pack and that the very charismatic people at the top, they via the internet, via social media, are trying to attract people who are lacking a purpose in life and they give them a purpose and they give them a common enemy to hate, which then feeds their vitriol and the momentum then happens. I don't know. I, 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 I have no idea what goes on inside the head of uh, a neo-Nazi. I don't know why they do what they do. And I can only sort of fathom wh- why people want to join an outlaw bikey gang. And I think I've been told by experts it's about the same thing. But the Premier of New South Wales was so concerned about the gathering of those masked men at Artarman has doubled down on his push to tighten anti-vilification laws after that group of neo-Nazis attempted to hold another rally in a public park the following Sunday after Australia Day. Police responded to another gathering of at least 20 black-clad masked men who gathered once again at our time and reserve at 9am on Sunday. The men were moved on by police. They left at 10.30am. He says it's absolutely distressing for many people to see this fascist, ridiculous behaviour on the streets of New South Wales. And he warned people who participate in rallies like this that police will now have the power to unmask those involved where they're attempting to menace people in an anonymous way. He said, so in front of your family, your friends, your employers, your co-workers, you're going to be exposed as a massive racist. Thomas has a very interesting story he'll tell us later about a neo-Nazi rally that happened outside Flinders Street Station in Melbourne a few years ago. And one of the unmasked neo-Nazis ended up being a relative. And you were all shocked. More on that a little bit later on. But I spoke to David Littleproud yesterday on the program, leader of the Nationals, who's very, very concerned about this. And for those who missed it, have a close listen. Wow. What did you make of that? We'll talk more about that later. Trucky Tuesday with Rod Hannafy is coming up. You want to be part of it? Do you drive for a living? Call us now, one triple three five three. Rod Hannafy is pulling over in his Kenworth somewhere out there in the wilderness. I have no idea. I don't know. We haven't contacted When Is he close? Is he nearly there? Um, it's Trucky Tuesday. If you drive for a living, and even if you don't, if you share our freeways and highways, we want to make them safer. And it's an idea bank. Basically, we talk about ideas and Rod takes them to Canberra, to the Minister for Transport. He talks to the NHVR and he's the conduit for you. So if there's a trucking issue 
that you want to talk to Rod Hanafy about, president of the National Road Freighters Association. This is your chance to talk directly to him right now. I have a Triple M T-shirt to give away to our best Truckee Tuesday caller. It'll be in any size you want. And I might throw in something else too. I might throw in some Swift Grow or I'll throw in a a Pestrol. I'll I'll do something. But it's a very, very good way for us nationally to talk about a really important issue, and that's safety on our roads and better conditions for drivers and better road conditions for everybody who sits behind a steering wheel, whether it be a truck or a car or a caravan or whatever. Rod Hanafy is next, and this is your cue to call Australia. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Now, while it's still summer, we are still being bothered by flies and mosquitoes and ants and fleas and cockroaches and dust mites. Don't get yourself in a bother. Get yourself the Pestrol Premium Bug-Free Bundle. It will repel all those pests and a whole lot more. User-friendly, programmable, and featuring a remote control for effortless operation. Bug Free is made using natural pyrethrins, and it covers a generous area of 150 square metres indoors, 5 by 5 metres outdoors, and it comes with two Pestrol Premium dispensers and multiple refills that'll get you through this insect season. It's called the Pestrol Premium Bug Free Bundle. We've got one at home. It's fantastic. Um, it has a remote control. It's easily programmable. Even I can work it. Order now and use the code BUGOFF for this exclusive offer. And you get free delivery. Pestrol, P-E-S-T-R-O-L, pestrol.com.au. Rod Hanafy has parked his Kenworth somewhere around Australia, out there in the wilderness. Well, we'll find out a little bit later on. He's somewhere out there. Um, and he joins me now for Truckee Tuesday in our eighth year, Rodney. Good morning. Good morning there, young Luke. How are you, buddy? You all right? Not too bad, yes. Last last week turned out to be a bit of a bugger. Um, I ended up getting home. Oh, I just had some dramas. Ended up having a kinked air hose that had some... Um, problems getting fixed eventually, and then uh, I got home on Friday morning and thought I was going home and got a phone call to say no, I could go and deliver the load I had on. So I ended up going out to Trangy, not that far out of Dubbo, and delivering on uh, Australia Day. So you didn't have Australia Day off, you're on the road, mm. keeping the keeping the, the, the wheels of industry turning. That's the one. Rod Hanafy is with us. And uh, he's the president of the National Road Freighters Association. You can talk to him right now. You can ring through and uh, get it off your chest. If you've got a suggestion on how to make Australians or Australia's roads safer and how to make life for a truckie a bit easier, please feel free to ring through with those suggestions as well. Rod, I have a Triple M T-shirt to give away to our best truckie Tuesday caller. 
and I'll, I think I might find some other prizes as well. It's a really important segment that uh, you instigated on this network eight years ago, and uh, we're still going. Uh, the, the telephone number is one triple three five three, and there are lines available now. Thomas can uh, jump on top of you. Literally, he will jump on top of you <laughs> and uh, put you uh, put you on on the air. Um, or send us an email, nightshift at triplem.com.au. I, um, I read a very interesting article by Ryan Howison in Big Rigs magazine. This, uh, two, it was two weeks ago, Rod. Do you read it? Uh, which one? Do you read Big Rigs magazine? I do, yes, when I, when I can get hold of it. Okay. Been a little bit quiet over Christmas. Okay. It, basically, the article was along the lines of, without trucks, Australia stops. Australia is completely dependent on its transport network to keep our economy running with truck drivers at the face. And everybody in the industry knows it, he says. Anyone who drives along one of our highways would have seen a truck with the sign, without trucks, Australia stops. It's the truck driver mantra for small words that make a powerful statement. And he writes, guess what? It's absolutely true. It's a fantastic article. Ryan Howison wrote it. He's quite right. Do you think that Canberra understands this? I'm certain that some do, but not to the extent required. And I did read the article. Um, I I quite agree with what it is. Uh, I think that part of the problem is, much like everything else, mate, you know, people think that stuff just falls out of the sky by magic. Uh, they, they're happy to have it. They want it. But they don't know how it gets there. And very few care as long as, of course, it arrives every day as they expect it to. Mm. Whatever it might be. But I think, I think people, before they started listening to this program, I'm talking about civilians, not truck drivers. Mm. They just thought that the shelves at Coles and Woolies had everything on them by magic. That's right. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Yes. We, we missed a very big opportunity during COVID. All of a sudden, uh, when toilet paper ran out and everything else, mm. um, people suddenly realised that the drivers delivered them overnight and across Australia and all that sort of thing. And in, in one way, I think our industry missed the chance to make that a little bit more um, relevant. Uh, Certainly it was recognised, but virtually within, what, a month? uh, It was forgotten again and we're back to, oh, bloody trucks in my way and those sorts of dramas, mate, you know, rest areas, roads. Uh, I did actually make a call yesterday because they were talking about the road toll and I'm sure you've seen that New South Wales will be holding a road safety summit next month. Now, we discussed uh, a previous parliamentary inquiry that New South Wales called. And I'm waiting to hear any of responses from all the information that we supplied to that. So it's concerning at times that they take your information and they don't utilise it. They don't listen to those of us on the road and they certainly don't talk to us enough when they do things. I'd like to know what you think, folks. One triple three five three is the number. Um, Tim has written us an email He says, if the truck driver training companies are only training learner drivers how to pass the truck driving test, we should make the tests harder. Make the learners do everything that a truck driver has to do at that test. Everything from changing a truck tire to changing lanes in traffic. Don't blame the training companies. Blame 
the test makers. Change the test and the training to pass it. And it will have, uh, it'll have to be more comprehensive. It's simple. That is from Tim, who was a regular contributor to this program. What do you make of that? Well, Tim has actually hit on something that is about to change. So, yes, we've discussed in the past, and it doesn't just apply to truck drivers. Um, I, I do believe that the fact that we are teaching people now just to pass the test, whether it be a car or a truck licence, means that those people go to the road with not the, the whole gamut of what they need. They're given just enough information. Now, with trucks, it's a bit harder because just getting a licence doesn't qualify you as a fuel tanker driver. Just getting that licence doesn't qualify you as a heavy haulage operator or whatever role that you go into in the industry because it is wide and varied. But there will be new national driver licensing standards coming in. One of the biggest complaints has been that um, currently you have to go through a graduated system. So you start on a, a rigid and you go to a heavy rigid and to go from one to the other, you had to go in, sit your test, get your licence, and then you had to wait 12 months to go up to the next grade. Now, in that 12 months, there was no requirement that you drove a truck. Right. You could sit at home, yeah. play chess, do whatever you wanted to, and then after 12 months, rock in, get your next licence. And then there's more than, you know, there's five or six to get you up to um, MC, multi-combination but you didn't have to drive as part of that interim period. Now, two things. That meant it took a long time to get you through the system. And B, of course, it didn't mean that you actually spent time in trucks and got the experience required. So finally, and of course, we've got to wait for the states to approve and actually come on board. But there is a proposal out now that that standard is going to be based on competency so that you can go and do your licence in your rigid and then within six months, if you've done certain courses, if you're working for a company where you can show competency and that you've been trained up and done a better job than just sitting at home and waiting for your licence class to come round, you can go and apply for it earlier. And that's where training companies who can provide the right course and, and again, it's all about money in that regard, Luke. Like, you can say, you need to have a course that lasts for two months and you've got to do it. Now, that's fine. Who can go and take two months off a current job yeah. to go and get that qualification to go and get a better one? Okay. What do you think, folks? Uh, you're the ones doing it. Give us a call, one triple three five three. Are the truck tests adequate? Do they need to be made tougher? Um do we need to make getting a truck license more difficult? God, there's a shortage of truckies. I'm sure you don't want to make it more difficult, but you want people with the right qualifications behind the wheel of a truck. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about, Rod Hanafy, was fatigue management. Um, and there are different levels of fatigue management. It, uh, to, to get a fatigue management certificate, you're sitting at a computer and you, you pay money. It doesn't necessarily make you... Uh, a better driver, it's a, it's, a, it's more of an education process, isn't it? It is, and there are those, you know, that drive trucks that say that everybody should be given fatigue education. But, okay, because I just wanted to jump in there. You, uh, you're 100% right. Now, 
what's the most time a truck driver can drive at any one period before they've got to have a rest? What is it? Not a simple thing to answer because it's different in each of those categories. Okay, but driving in, in, in fatigue can be a life-threatening thing. But what about somebody that's working in a factory for 12 hours, night shift, with heavy machinery? Um, what about their fatigue management? What about a doctor who's in an emergency department at a hospital who's doing surgery for 15 hours? What about their fatigue management, Rod? And they are critical factors. Of course, one, they're not out on the highway, so they're not risking, except for the doctor. No, but a doctor that's leaning over a patient and he's got a scalpel in his hand and he's been operating on this one patient for 13 or 14 hours, come on. Yes, and then they do do double shifts and they do those things as well. But, of course, they don't get the fines that we do for working 15 minutes overtime, mate, and that's always been one of the things that we have argued is not right. You see why I brought it up? Um, oh, yes. Yeah. We're going to play Where's Wadney? <laughs> Uh, a little bit later. And if you can guess exactly, you have to pinpoint exactly where he is, uh, you'll win a prize. But we've got uh, a Triple M T-shirt for our best Truckee Tuesday caller. If you can contribute, uh, you, can, you can have a question for Rod and hopefully he'll be able to answer it. But if you've got a, um, a suggestion on how to make our road safer, we want to hear from you. Rob, we'll come back and we'll talk some more. Shall we do that? 10-4, good buddy. 10-4, good buddy. Uh, by the way, you're 10-2-ing brilliantly. Thank you. Pardon? <laughs> the Night Shift, Triple M. Ivor oh, Davies here on the Night Shift. You like a bit of Ivor Davies, don't you, Rod? I heard you singing along there in your Kenwood. <laughs> the, Kenwood was, the Kenwood was rocking, folks. What's yes, your, and the King's on. Rod. Hey? Kenworth. <laughs> what did I say? You're back to the mixer again. The no, Kenworth. Kenworth. I'm in the Kenworth. You're in the Kenwood. Oh, I don't know. Where, what, where, I got it right the first few times. <laughs> What's your go-to music when you're on a long trip? Oh, look, it, it's very, uh, it's wide and varied. Um, What's your 80s. go-to? What's your go-to? Oh, uh, Simply Red. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't mind someone God, Simply Red. put you to sleep. No, 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 no. Holding back, back the years. years. Yeah, that's oh, the one. Yeah, Jesus. That's Mike and the Mechanics, you know, similar things. Mike uh, Rutherford. Like, yes, yes, Mike and the Mechanics. Um, yeah, he bothers. Yeah, okay. oh, Eagles, Eagles, um, Little River Band. Because I'm trying to get the musical tastes of the audience on Truckee Tuesdays. Mm. And I'm going to put it to our music director that we put together a Truckee Tuesday rock CD. Yes. Or, or Trucky Tuesday, keep on rocking, keep on trucking CD, our best of, or something. Mm, driving tracks. Driving wheels. Jimmy Barnes, he'd have to be on yes, there. Yes, he certainly would. What do you think? Oh, absolutely, mate. Yes, there, there's Tom, very little out there at the moment. See, it's very good because I come up with these ideas and I just hand them on to Thomas and he, go, <laughs> and he gets yeah, it. Fix this. He gets this done. It's very easy. Very easy. Hey, listen, plenty of, plenty of people wanting to talk. I'm giving away a Triple M T-shirt to our best Truckee uh, Tuesday caller this morning. And Shannon, good morning to you. How you going, Luke? Good, Shannon. Uh, Rod Hanafy's there. Talk to him. How you going, Rod? Good, mate. Yeah, I, I, I have issues. Like, I drive um, I drive 
Locally, I do some, uh, you know, some sort of longer hour and a half, two hour trips out of Melbourne, and uh, we always struggle. Like uh, the the conversation doing license is your fatigue, what you eat, and what you do. You know, like so. But I always struggle with food along our trips. You know, yep. uh, you any day of the week, you you you're pulling up at one of your majors, obviously, and and the, what you provided, there's, there is some good ones. You got to find them. But you know, if I'm going somewhere I don't know. All the rest of it to pull up for a feed, and you're just getting, you know, the dog food everywhere. It's 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 difficult to find good food along your trips. How often it's do we hear? Worse. How often do we hear this, Rod? Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, uh, you, you're taught to eat properly, you know. So. Well, not only well, perhaps you're not taught really, Rip. You know, like it, it's you've got to work it <laughs> out as you go. And and look, there, there are still some drivers that that eat as though they were loading 20 tonne of spuds of a morning and unloading it by hand that night. And and then in those days, you could find a good place. You knew where the trucks were. That was where you pulled up. That's changed so much. Those little places that looked after us, the fact that you bought a bit of fuel while you were there. And you know, there are still a few places, like you say, um, that, that have really good meals and good value but they are so hard to find. And if you want the consistency you require, and that was where, again, during COVID, you know, we were told we couldn't sit at a truck stop and have a meal. Well, how are you supposed to keep doing the job, particularly if you're doing longer distance? And as you say, you know, you're living in the truck five and six days a week or more, then you have to be self-sufficient. No, no, you're only doing it, you know, on shorter runs. I understand that. An hour out of Melbourne anywhere. Like, so you yep. go out further, there's plenty of places to park and there's really good places. But, like, an hour out of Melbourne, any direction, and you're you're running into very little food along the way, or if it is, it's, it's you know, it's usually the yes. subject stuff that we avoid, try to avoid. And a lot of blokes solve that problem by cooking their own or carrying their own. Like, there are some blokes that get really well looked after by their missus. They cook up a, a, you know, a heap of meals on the weekend. They freeze them and blokes in a microwave or something like that to heat it up as they go along. Unfortunately, not everybody has someone who loves them that much and has the time to do that now. Yeah. And, and you've yeah. only got to look at the way that most Australians eat. It's, it's fast food. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm, it, I'm 10 to 12, 6 days. My wife works as well. We, we, yeah. don't, we don't plan like that. Look, we do our meals at home every night. But, you know, yeah. like it's, it's lunchtime. I'm, I, I live in a bottle of water most days. Just, just for that sake, you know, like you go in yeah. somewhere and it costs you twenty bucks for a couple of dimmies and a, and a drink these yeah. days. So, yeah, look, I'll spruik a couple while I'm here if I can. Um, there's a BP in a little boundary of um in Lebanon, and yep. they'll they'll cook your meal any time of the day. And obviously, Werribee South on the way out is fantastic, but there's you know a few other directions that you just don't get that sort of stuff. Werribee yeah. South, the Caltex out there, and we're stuck to cards as well, so we're usually on Caltex. So. Um, yeah. You know, where in the south is really a, a really great place. Yeah, so, plenty of food, plenty of options. But yeah. Okay. Here's my question for both of you Rod, Shannon. Rod, you said back in the day, all over Australia and all over our highways, there were decent stops where you buy a bit of fuel and you'd have a decent meal. Why have they shut down? If there's such a demand for them, why aren't they proliferating? But there's not a demand for them because the, the, the demand is only truck drivers. And it's only in certain areas. And if the big businesses can get in there, you've got no choice left. You know? Uh, yes. And that's what it is. They've got more money to spend than anybody. You know, you can't put a small business there and tell them to survive there when you've got 
you know, so many car drivers coming through too, just going for a, a two-second burger or something. So, you know. And, we'll, and for them, for, and we're, I we're had probably this discussion. Like, yep. Sorry, go speak. Sorry. I was going to say, I had, had this discussion with a mate the other day. You know, that's often all that's available, and, and the sites now don't provide sit-down meals 24 hours a day. And for the average motorist, it's only one trip. You know, they're not on yeah, the road exactly. five and six days a week. And for, for them to buy one... In the back of the car. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, to satisfy them, what they require is different mm. and where we require it everywhere, and it costs more. And the major chain, you said, Caltex, like over the time in the past, um, they've got rid of all their kitchens in roadhouses. Yeah. And, and yeah. one of them I spoke to said it's simply the cost of having... Not a chef, you know, you know, caught on blur, unfortunately, but you know, having a cook. a cook, that's right, and having them in the kitchen and having all those facilities where they can buy boxes of frozen dim sims and the like and just feed them up to you in the Bay Marie and, and it's yeah. cheaper for them and they don't care about us. And the problem with that is, of course, without us, they don't have any fuel to sell in the first place, nor do they have any of those things. To bloody you know, hook up and, and give us, and that's the only feed we have, mate. Sorry, keep you like it or lump it. Well, what, we, oh, I can imagine once you put a Macca's in somewhere, or sorry, do it, can I say that? You're a hungry jacks, or yeah, I know. Once, well, once you put any establishment in somewhere that's big enough, they're going to override the competition, regardless. You know, we yes, know and yep, there used to be a coming out of Melbourne there in the parking bay, there used to be a little bloke in a caravan, was an ex truck driver, looked after us. They turfed him out of the parking bay to allow McDonald's to go in there, not make McDonald's go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They turfed him out, cancelled his licence there and got rid of him. And he was a bloke that looked after us, mate. And, and that story was just, you know, copied all around Australia where those that do provide us with a facility, um, unfortunately, simply can't compete with the national chain and the fact that they don't see us as their core business. We're, we're just an outsider. We're a commodity, mate. <laughs> Shannon, yep. Shannon, that's a very, it's a, it's a really, really good point. Thank you for bringing it up. Now I'm going to put you back to Thomas. I'm going to give you something. Would you like a t-shirt? Uh, I'd love a t-shirt. Thanks, Rod. Thanks, Luke. Okay, and um, and uh, I'll, I'll give another one away today. I'll give as many away as I want. Um, for for Trucky Tuesday, that it's a really, really good point. Stay there, Shannon. Thank you so much for your contribution. Cheers, mate. I don't get. I still just. I know I'm slow, but just explain to me again if. We have so many truckies on our roads 24-7 that are looking and hankering for a decent meal and somewhere safe to park with some facilities. Why aren't they making more of them? I still don't get it. Mate, in America, there's a chain called Loves, L-O-V-E-S. And this year they are spending, I believe, a billion dollars upgrading and building new facilities and, and their facilities are pretty good compared to most of the ones that we have here. Uh, they're still fast food in some ways, and, and it's a bit different in America because the volume of trucks is greater and therefore they can justify it. But here, but there are still a few, you know, like the, the place I go to, Fisher Park at the top of the gap. They're still a, a local family. They look after me there. Um, we used to have the Truckies Club that still goes on at Avenal coming out of Melbourne. But the few that you know and the places that you run you know that you're going to get looked after there. 
But if you don't know where you're going, if they send you off to Perth, well, you don't know where every truck stop is between here and there. And and you've got to plan that. You've got to manage it. You've got to keep yourself safe and alive and fit. And it's bloody hard to do. And you talked about parking. Like some of the ones on the major highways during Christmas season, you can't get a park even there to go in and use the toilet, let alone to get a decent meal. Anyone else got some thoughts on this? It's very important. One triple three five three is the number. And Rod, just segueing, that's why good nutrition is so important. You know where I'm going. You know what I want to hear. Yeah, yes, I want to hear that noise there. That is Rod's bottle of Nature B, and he has it inside a little beer cooler so that it uh, stays safe while it's on the road. And Rod, you and myself and so many other Australians, two Nature B every day. How good is it? It's good because of what we're discussing, mate. The fact that you can't get that good nutrition unless you, you've got someone to look after you and you can take it with you in the truck. And you know, even days of cooking up on the side of the road, that's harder to do unless you've got the time because the logbook doesn't care about how well you get fed or where. Uh, it just wants the stuff delivered like everybody else and you need something to help you get it done. That's right. Power pollen, nature bee, Rod and I swear by it. It's natural. It gives you energy, it gives you such a boost, but it also helps you sleep. Power pollen. Weight for weight, pollen has more calcium than milk, more protein than red meat, and more iron than spinach, and that has been scientifically proven. I've been a Nature Bee Power Pollen Ambassador 24 years this year. I met Jeff Cook, the founder, back in the year 2000, and now the coquette, Karen is running the business, and she's doing a brilliant job. Give it a go. Nature B. Now, this is your chance to give it a go because right now Nature B is just giving a little incentive for new customers. Your first week is going to be free. You need to use the code 10OFF. It's the number 10, OFF. Your page is twenty nine ninety five plus delivery, and you have a week's free supply of power pollen. And remember, this comes with a money-back guarantee. Stocks are limited. There is a phone number, one 800 But look, just go to powerpollen.com.au and tell them Luke and Rod sent you. Rod, we'll come back in a sec. Uh, Rod Hannafy, Truckee Tuesday. Rod, President of the National Road Freighters Association. John, g'day. G'day, Luke. How are you going? I'm hey, really Rod. well. John, Happy New Year, mate. Thank you for listening. Rod Hannafy's yeah. right there. Thank you, mate. I um I reckon you blokes, you truckies, should get together and do a, like an app, like you know the best places to eat around Australia, the best places to fuel and stuff, that course, best places to park. Like well, when I go camping, there's an app for the best best camping places in Australia, like the cheap places. Mate, it's a no-brainer. You there? Yeah, I had um, someone was going to do that a little while ago. Now that you mentioned it, and I don't know where where it eventually ended up. It's something where I suppose the camping thing you've got all the, the camping companies behind you and that sort of thing. Um, whereas uh, you know, a lot of there's no camping company. Just uh, it's more or less like um, like little little places where it costs thirty thirty bucks to camp. Right. Like it's not the big like you know the big four camps. It's just just all the out-of-the-way places. But who, who does the app? Who, who puts all the time and effort in to put it together? I'm not 100% sure. I think it, it just goes on um, people like us who just 
ride ride in and say, oh, I found this place, this place. Is I went cheap, here and this worked nice. well. Yep, yep, okay. Like a review. Yeah. Like a review. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, and you say, so you, you, there's an app and then you can contribute to it. He, and you could take a photo, download the photo, um, and then give it out, something out of five stars, and this is where it is. Mm. Well, it makes sense. That's a I mean, good, look, yeah. at least all the truckers will find where to go then and get some, some decent food. Well, that's it, yes. And, and, you know, it's often said you've got to support those that look after us. Uh, so many of the kitchens close earlier now. You used to be able to get a meal at 24 hours a day in some sites. That is mm-hmm. very, very rare. And the kitchens close early, so you get held up coming out of wherever you are, and you think, oh, yeah, I'll pull in there for a feed, and the kitchen's closed, and then you're back to eating what's left, and that's pretty sad. It's a very good idea. A truck, a truckies food app. A truck stop app, and people can mm. rate it as they as they go along, and then you're drawn to it. Good idea, John. How do we get this moving, Thomas? Hang on, let me put the boy wonder on. Let me just get the boy wonder up here. How did talk to John off air? You you you're in touch with all of this new stuff. How could he get this going? Well, I think you need someone who's smart enough to. There are people out there who are very good at designing apps, and I think it could be very easily done here in Australia. You need someone savvy and tech savvy enough to make something that can easily be updated and then you can write How would you make money? You need to make money out of it because the people who design apps don't do it for free. Some of them, uh, some just do. Some do, do it as a community service and it sounds like this could be one of them. All right, I'll put, I'll put John back to you. John, well done, mate. Great idea. Alright, thanks, mate. Look after yourself, boys. You too, and you're in the draw for call of the week, without a doubt. I mean, why hasn't somebody done it, what they were going to, Rod, you were saying? Yeah, there, there was talk of it. Um, there's a number of things, of course. Uh, we, we discussed roads and potholes, you know, like trying to report those, and you can go to the, the states and do that. But uh, And I did get a, uh, a message during the week. Uh, we spoke last week about uh, reporting something and took a couple of weeks, but they got that done. And I last week also asked about the, the Yeti Cup. And I had a, a lady truck driver send me a photo saying, the bloody thing won't fit in the truck. You mentioned it last week. So I've sent her a photo and I've got to follow up with the details, mate. So we, we do have listeners that come back a little bit later. I know that quite a few listen on the podcast because different days they're on the road mm. and that sort of thing. So, yes, look, it, it's good to be able to go out there. If we can come up with something like that, that would be very useful to many. Steve, hello. Good day. How are you going? Welcome to Trucking Tuesday, Steve. Rod's there. Thanks very much, Rod. I think um, but my question is when uh, of the organisations, the various ones around the country representing truck drivers, going to do the right thing and lobby to have the people who are training new truck drivers actually be in the industry, actually be ex-truck drivers? Yeah. Mate, yeah, well, lobbying is something that takes a lot of time and effort, mate, and there's not that many of us to do it. Um, the, the states have been successful in getting up the apprenticeship program. We waited years and years for that. Um, the change to the licences that we spoke of earlier, that's come from groups yeah, lobbying to get teaching, that done. The, the people teaching the truck drivers, and I know this for a fact because I was involved, I've been involved in the trucking industry for 40 years, but I also yep. was the truck driver trainer for 10 of those. And yep. the people teaching... The truck drivers and the people representing the bodies to the government haven't been truck drivers. So how the hell can they teach the kid what it's like to drive the VW and overrun off a hill if they've never done it? 
Yes, that's been a problem, and that's why those and new national laws. Until they until they address that issue, until they fix that issue, and they they get these money making grubs out of the park and get feeding people in there, we're not going to have decent people in the industry to teach people. But the drivers that you want to go and do that job are currently working as truck drivers, and yes, if they get to an age where they've had enough of the highway. That's always been an option for some to get a job as a driver trainer. And I've, I've had stories of those not only who train, but those who test never having driven a truck, but being the one responsible for saying whether you could even get your licence. So Mate, it goes beyond the, simply if, the training. If the, the climate was right and we did it off there, I can name names. Um, I, I worked in a town where there were six different driving schools and only one guy had actually driven a truck professionally out of the six. And then some of those people went on to become high um, committee positions, not committee, that was the position in the Driver Training Association in New South Wales. Now, how ridiculous is that? They've never driven a frigging truck, and here they are advising government on what they should do, relicensing and testing. Yes. Mate, it's, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where, as drivers, we're often too busy and don't have the time to be heard. We don't get asked what we want done, and then, as you say, people get into a position because of what they've done rather than what their capabilities are, and they get to have a sway. It's just a hard thing to fix, mate. Yeah, they. Well, I know it's a hard thing to fix. They just they kick a box, so all of a sudden they're a driver trainer. They tick in other box and all of a sudden they're able to assess on whether somebody's got the capabilities to to be, a, say, a big double driver. These guys have never driven one themselves. They uh, they haven't even driven a, mm. a heavy rigid. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. Now, that's why I got out of the industry because it was ridiculous. We were being, uh, the compliance we had to do was absolutely stupid. It was getting worse and worse and worse. And the people recommending to the government what they should take and representing um, the people at Senate inquiries and, and stuff like that. And they'd never driven the truck themselves. And they're speaking at a Senate inquiry, telling the minister how it should be done. And they had no freaking idea themselves. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You're right, Rod. Mate, it, it's, as we said, it's hard to fix. And the, the blokes that are out on the road often simply don't have the time. Now, we've asked on this program, Luke, to get people to write in to submissions and inquiries, and, and there are a few that do it, and we thank them for it. But while only ever four or five actual drivers do it, then there is a gap there that other people fill. And, of course, they don't go and check their criteria. They don't check what they've done or where they've come from. They take their submissions in good faith. And it's normally not a part of it. Well, you have to prove that you know what you're talking about. You would like to think that those inquiries do make some, you know, recommendations based on people actually doing the job. Hmm. But unless those people contribute, how do we solve that? Exactly right. But see, in, in Victoria, for instance, you have to produce so many pages of a work diary to say, yes, you have been driving and you've got currency, which is a big thing gaining this currency and validity. Um, in New South Wales, you don't even need that. You don't even need to pay the animal logbook. And you've got people like, yeah, representing the driver trainers who haven't ever 
driven a truck. Yep. All right. We hear what you're saying, Stephen. It's a very good point. Thank you for contributing on Trucky Tuesday. Appreciate it. Right. Good, good on you, Steve. Call back any time, okay? No worries. Okay. He makes a very good point, Rod. He does, mate. And it's just another one of those things that everybody wants fixed, but they want somebody else to do it for them. And it's bloody hard when you're driving full-time as well. You're listening to The Night Shift Around Australia on the Triple M Network. It's Truckee Tuesday. Rod Hannafy, President of the National Road Freighters Association, is with us. And uh, if you have some thoughts, please feel free to join us. We'll play Where's Wadney a little bit later on. Tim Fogger, buddy? Yeah, Bob Dylan's song from Guns N' Roses here on The Night Shift. Rod Hannafy is with us. Uh, Rod, President of the National Road Freighters Association. Um, Rod... I was looking at a, another article during the week. It was brought to my attention by Thomas uh, from uh, the Air Peninsula, the ABC, Amelia Costigan. She says, truck drivers are warning caravanners not to park in their rest stops because of the potentially devastating consequences of missing a fatigue break. Results from a recent survey of 1,000 car drivers by the NHVR found that 60% of them, Rod, 60% of caravanners have admitted to parking in a truck-specific rest area, and 22% said that they do it often. Yes, and it went across a number of different platforms. Uh, I ended up doing an interview in Dubbo regarding it. Uh, I know there were a couple of other stations that covered it as well. And it's something, mate, that we've been talking about for such a long time, Many years ago, I had a mate who was a truck driver and had a Facebook page about uh, rest areas, and he said, the caravanners love you, Rod. As soon as you get another truck bay built, they just jump in and take it over, and it's one more for them. But they are on the road too. We need the right facilities. And the thing that I've been arguing for so many years, Luke, is that everybody out there, if they're out on the road at night, you see all the car rest areas that have the tables and chairs, the toilets and the facilities, and they're generally empty at night because people won't go in there on their own. They feel vulnerable or, you know, left out. And, you know, you've got young people on the road now that think, oh, geez, if I park there, what's going to happen to me there? And I'll go and park with the trucks because I know that the trucks come and go and there'll be somebody there and I'll feel a bit safer. And all of those mm. facilities that have been built for the last 40 years that don't allow trucks into them because of the way they're designed or the signage means those facilities go to waste and we don't have enough for us. And the caravanners have increased as have the number of trucks. And, mate, we are actually going backwards with rest areas and yet we get fine if we don't manage our fatigue and it's the safety of everybody on the road that's at stake. The NHVR have recently launched a social media campaign and they're trying to improve understanding among drivers around how to share the road with trucks. And they've got the comedian Jimmy Rees and the rugby league player Sam Thiday as two of the faces featuring in the videos. And they're, they're going to share tips for caravan users to drive safely around oversized loads and how to keep out of truck blind spots. They, sh they need... They need to have a, a general campaign on, on, on for all of us on how to deal with trucks on our roads, I think. And we need to teach that when you get your licence. But I did have a fellow ring me the other day, particularly about the caravanning video. Now, if you've seen them, Luke, it's done tongue-in-cheek and it's done with a bit of fun. But 
The gentleman that rang me was about to write a savage and serious complaint to the NHVR because he believed that actually created more angst between truckies and caravanners in the way it was done. Now, the, the message is important and the facilities that we need to do that are lacking. But if you do it in a way that one side takes offence, uh, it's not really going to help the problem. Yeah. Truckies sharing the words the roads with caravanners. God, we've been talking about that since we started this. Anyway, let's see if this uh, information media campaign works. One triple three five three is the telephone number. We're talking about fatigue, and there are lots of people listening to this program right now who could be suffering fatigue. Night shift workers, um, people working in factories, drivers, you name it. If you're not getting the right sleep, it can be very, very dangerous, particularly if you have a sleep disorder like sleep apnea. Rod, you know, how many people do you reckon listening now know that they snore and know that they may have a problem? And the biggest problem is the ones that don't recognise that and don't get tested. And in the past, Luke, it was a problem. You could virtually lose your job overnight if you admitted to it. But now the testing is better and the facilities and the treatment is a hell of a lot easier to get. That's right. And the treat well, well, to get tested, it can be bulk billed if you go through the sleep apnea experts, SOVE, S-O-V-E, SOVE, and their CPAP clinic. Uh, is giving away the ResMed Air Mini Travel CPAP and Travel Bag Package uh, for only $1,155 this month. Now, Rod, this CPAP, it only weighs 300 grams. It fits in the palm of your hand and it's quiet. So you can take it with you on holidays or take it with you in the truck. And there are blokes that do that, mate. And, and years ago, it wasn't quite so small and quite so easy, but there's been advances made, and it's not um, difficult now to have one in the truck with you and make sure that you get the sleep you need. Please, folks, see Sove CPAP Clinic. Just go online and say, I heard it with Luke and Rod on Triple M. What have you got? How can you help me? What are the repayment plans? Tell me about the bulk billing to get tested. Start the rest of your life now and do your family a favor. Do yourself a favor. Stop snoring with Sove, S-O-V-E. CPAP is used for obstructive sleep apnea treatment. Always follow the directions for use. When considering whether CPAP is right for you, speak to your doctor. You will thank us for the heads up. Just contact them, S-O-V-E, Sove, CPAP clinic, sove.com.au. Hey, Rocket Rod. Hey, Luke. We're going to get our GPSs out, our collective GPSs out, and we're going to find you. Uh, we need a clue, and we'll do that. We're playing Where's Wadney in just a sec. All right, it's Trucky Tuesday. Rod Hanafi's with us. Lots of people online wanting to have a say to you, Rod, and please, those people on hold, stay where you are. We will get to each and every one of you. But, Rod, you're in your Kenworth somewhere. Is that right? Did I get it right? Yes, yes. Well done, mate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, not in your Kingswood. You're in your Kenwood. And, um, we want to play Where's Watney? Now, (laughs) now, Rod, give us, here's the first clue for Where's Rodney. What, um, Thomas, what will the winner of Where's Rodney win today? Oh, 
it's a good question. But what have we got on the tables over there? There's some. Well, there's some staplers. There's some Arnott's shapes. There's a packet of Tim Tams. I think there's four left in it. We'll find something. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll we'll give it away. Where's Wadney? We'll give away another Triple M T-shirt. I'm sure. Okay, Rod. What's the first clue? The first clue is travelling time from Dubbo was seven hours. Travel time from Dubbo was seven hours to where Rod Hanafi is now. Travel time from Dubbo. Now, was it normal traffic? Was it terrible traffic? Was there a breakdown on the way? Or are you just, we'll just leave it at that for now. Well, it's different to as the crow flies. That's all we'll say. Travel time from Dubbo to where Rod Hanafi is now, seven hours is the first clue. Where's Rodney? One triple three. Five three is the telephone number. Robert, good morning. Hello. Yes, Robert, we're, did you, we're talking to you. Rod Hanafi's there. Yeah, hi, Rod. Um, there you go, mate. I would just be good, thanks, mate. Um, I travel down from about Morrisset to uh, Flemington Markets once or twice a week, and I've yep. got this issue with cars that have their lights on high beam uh, behind the truck thing. Oh, they... It, no worries about the mirror. There's, you know, there's, they don't have the rear vision mirror in the middle of the uh, yes. windscreen. But we've got this great big monstrous <laughs> mirrors each side, and it gets quite um, difficult sometimes. But what can you do about it? And you know, you know the, the car drivers just don't don't understand. And then you've got the flip side when someone comes the other way with a light bar on their roof racks, which is illegal, and you dip your lights, and then. They come along the, still with their light bar on. You put your lights back up again, let them know that they haven't dipped them, and then they um, just leave the uh, stupid LED lights on. Yes, yes. The, the one behind, mate, of course, we don't have an anti-glare uh, position on those mirrors either, as most cars no. do. You can dip it down. Uh, it, it's been a problem. And at one stage, mate, I, I did try and get something done through some of the states about dipping lights and that sort of thing. Um, unfortunately, everybody now has, you know, access to really good lights. Before it was, a you know, rally drivers and truck drivers sort of had the capacity to put big lights on and, and we needed them at night as well. Uh, yeah. I've got to say, I do have a problem with a lot of the automatic headlights set up oh, now here. yeah yeah like they, they they blind you first and then they dip and then they come back on again because the people have got it set on auto and the auto doesn't pick up the truck and as you say you wonder why with the size and the lights that we have and yet some of those cars still don't pick you up and blind you first and mate i had fred nerf the other night exactly the same thing blokes come along uh, i've flashed i've dipped my lights first Nothing happened. The other one's coming still on high beam. I've given him a flash before we actually saw one another. So this was a bit of a curve. Done the right yep. thing. You know, come on, dip your lights, mate. Come around the corner. He's still on high beam. Given another flash. And, of course, they go, oh, well, I'll dip. And then, of course, as soon as they get to you, they light you up again because you had the temerity to tell them that they hadn't dropped their lights. Yeah, and, of course, they yeah. think that they're really clever and smart and they're blinding someone with you've got what, a 200-kilometre-an-hour closing speed on any highway in Australia, yeah. in people, mate, you really wonder whether they have a brain. Mm. Yeah. Now, my other thing is um, this new idea that the New South Wales government's brought in with 
knocking off one demerit point. You've been a good driver for 12 months. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be nice if they put that one step further for those people who are driving um, for a living to make it two demerit points removed if they've been good boys and girls for 12 months? Well, New South Wales is the only state where we get an extra point being a truck driver. Uh, and one, look, there's an argument both sides. There are those that say, as a truck driver, you should be professional and you shouldn't need more points. But it's simply the level of exposure. Your average motorist does, let's say, for, for easy figures, 20,000 kilometres a year. So they're on the road a certain amount of time. The average yep. truck driver does 200,000 kilometres a year. That's, so, that's you know, that's 10 times... That's right. It's 10 times the level of exposure that yeah. you are trying to do the right thing, but you're also trying to watch cars and everybody else and prevent accidents, which we don't get recognised for. We only get blamed when it goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why, you know, to me, it would be um, ideal, at least it's one where you want further to help people who are truck drivers particularly. We, just, we were just talking earlier, listening to you talking about you know, the, Australia wouldn't run without truck drivers. Yep. Well, surely you, you could give them an extra point off if they, because, you know, as you say, there were 13 points instead of 12. But you have to lose, be able to lose two points if everything goes well for 12 months. That would make a big difference to some people. And there's another argument. We've just gone through a weekend with double demerits. Now, if you're going to drive to grandma's, and that's all you're going to do over that three days, that's fine. But, like, they keep extending the length of it. So this started on Thursday and, and the day before. And, of course, we have to go to work. If we don't go to work, you don't have any food or fuel or clothes mm -hmm. or anything else that we deliver. And yet we are still liable for double demerits that, you know, could reasonably be caused by someone else and, and someone else's action. And that then has an enormous impact on your ability to do your job. For private car drivers in New South Wales, there's now a thing in place where if you drive for 12 months without a misdemeanour, you get a point back. What about yep. what about that for truckies, but two? Yes. Well, look, I think we'd have to check whether they apply that to truckies as well. That's the first point, and then if they do, then why not two for us? Okay, well, I'll let you do some homework, but that's the deal with car drivers in New South yes. Wales now. You get a point back if you've been a good boy for 12 months. So, yes, and it used to be they only lasted two years. Now, of course, they're, they're three years they stay on your licence, and that's what they were looking at. There's been a lot of stick and very little carrot up till now. Yeah, we need more carrots. Sticks are good, but carrots are better. <laughs> I, I, I always react much better to a carrot, um, and Thomas, Thomas the same, but a donut. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Where's Rodney? His travel time from Dubbo to where he is now was seven hours. Where's Rodney? One triple three five three. Thanks very much for your call. Oh, he's gone. Uh, Bill is online. G'day, Bill. Where are you? Uh, I'm at Taree. G'day, Bill. Rod Hanifi's there. Talk. Uh when you're talking about the meals, um, that that's got worse. I've been driving for over 60 years. Every day that gets worse because every time they put a bypass in, that them two or three little places are gone and they never come back. Mm, you're right. But that's right. Yeah, but that's yep. not why I rang for. Um, I know different fellows that have lost a truck. Just just before you keep going on point B, Bill. Back in the day, where was your favourite truck stop? 
Oh, look, there was, there was like, uh, I, I'm living at Taree. I used to go to Sydney and Brisbane. Where was your um, favourite stop? Where, where was the place that you had to stop? When we were kids, we used to stop at um, Pete's Ridge and get a milkshake. Rod, you know what I'm talking about? Vaguely, yeah, that's a while ago. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. Back in the day, where was Australia's best truck stop? And that's why I thought I'd ask you. Maybe Bill. the big T there when you're talking about just along that piece. Okay. Doyle's on there, different places. Where was Australia's best truck stop or family stop when you went away on holidays? Where was it? And is it still there? One triple three five three. Now, Bill, keep going. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, what I'm ringing for is uh, the logbook. I believe that the logbook causes uh, some accidents, not all accidents, because of uh, somebody gets tired and they can't pull up for three hours because it affects their driving, uh, especially on a Friday night. Uh, they, they, or on a Thursday night, I mean. They can't get to Sydney or Brisbane and therefore they've got to stay over a weekend um, just because they can't pull up when they should pull up when they're tired because of the you've got to drive in a certain hours where you should be able to drive three hours and have three hours off and drive three hours and drive three hours and have three hours off all this. But they won't do it. And I know different fellows that have actually lost trucks over trying to get past Barara. You know, they should have stopped at the, at, at the foot of the hill before uh, the Hawkesbury or something, but they've had to get past there, uh, then pull up along, along the railway line or something, the other side of Barrera, uh, then go to sleep, because if they didn't, uh, they'd run out of hours. If they stopped and went, instead of an hour's sleep, went for three hours, well, they've had it. And what happened, the logbook itself was one thing, then they brought in safety camp. Yeah, and well, safety that, cam just that made, made it worse, worse because that's yeah. right in the logbook. Yeah. Yes, it was called a lie book, and mm. it was done at times because people felt fit and safe and could drive, and then weren't allowed to. Then safety cam mm. came along, and they had camera times and things where, like you say, particularly if you're running Melbourne, Brisbane, you had to get through the cameras in New South Wales to be able to get out the other end, and if you stopped and had a sleep when you were tired, then it meant you didn't get delivery the next day. And I've had this discussion and argument and debate with everyone from every state to the NTC and others, but their answer is they have to come up with a system that is suitable for everybody. We know everybody's different. They do agree that there is a problem, but they struggle to come up with something that captures everybody from the worst to the best and the tiredest to the fittest. And, of course, the thing is, not only do they have to design that and make it work, but then they go to the next step and then they punish us and they fine us when it doesn't. And there are those that say, you know, if ever a study was done, how many people were involved in a fatigue-related accident when they were technically legal with the logbook, mm. but that's not recognised. All they want to do is blame you and fine you when it goes wrong. And oh, look, I, I've, um, I, I, I used to have a feed and a shower at the, at the uh, 
uh, golden fleece there at the corner of Grafton. Now, I've seen different followers there that they've ordered their meal and, and, and they're going to have a shower, but they can't have a shower after the meal because there's, there's only the one shower there. And uh, so you've got to wait and wait. And, and uh, then they finish up having the meal and they're not having the shower because they've run out of time. So therefore yep. they're tired, mm. um, you know, tired, tired because they're dirty, you know. Yeah. But, they, but they've got to move because they only have so many hours and if they're going to Newcastle or, 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 or Sydney, uh, they, they, you, you, you won't get there if you, if you if have you, your shower. Yeah, yeah. Rod? Mate, there have been times when I've had to decide... Do I have time for a sit-down meal mm. or a shower or another hour's sleep? And I've got to say, sleep generally wins out. Yes. But it does impact on your fatigue. It impacts on your quality of life. And it impacts on your ability to do the job safely. Yeah, indeed. Bill, very, very good call. You might get a T-shirt uh, at the end of today's session as well. Thank you so much, mate. I should get one for waking. <laughs> Okay, thanks very much, Bill. One triple three. Gee, we'd run out of t-shirts. It's a very busy program, and we only have so so many lines there. But anyway, Bill, thanks very much for your call. Um, the night shift around Australia, Trucky Tuesday. Rob, we'll come back and talk some more. Ten four. Good buddy. Yeah, rocket. That's rocket. Rod Hanafy. Uh, what? Oh, there's more on the end there. I always forget that little bit at the end. Uh, rocket, just that last cranky old prick, Bill. <laughs> So, yeah. I, I should get a teacher for waiting. Gotta imagine being married to that old bastard. He, so he's rung up and his phone's dropped out. I didn't know this. Thomas just told me. His phone's dropped out. Not our fault. His. And so he tried to ring back, but there's no lines available because every line's taken up. He eventually gets through and Thomas made him the next caller. And he does that at the. Oh, he goes, I'm never listening to you again. Good, good, don't, don't ever ring again, you cranky old prick. Jesus, one triple, I feel better now, Rod. Oh, that's good, yes, yes, and and, and phones dropping out is a real pain, mate. I was somewhere this afternoon when it dropped out, and then I got the next text, we are upgrading our system, and geez, I'd like to find out who sends those texts out. I know, it's very, very annoying. One triple three, five, oh, that's an HB. I heard. No, no, it wasn't. I heard your nature be rattle. <laughs> no, you didn't. You heard me be it. <laughs> that's that's the nature be. Hang on, show me the nature be. Nature be. Yeah. Okay. Um, nature be. It gives you energy. Bill, go to powerpollen.com.au. Take two of these every day for a week. You might cheer up. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe nothing can save him. Nature be power pollen. And thousands of Australians start their day with more energy and better overall health and well-being. Power pollen. At weight for weight, pollen has more calcium than milk, more protein than red meat, even more iron than spinach. And everyone, most people reorder. Now, there is a full money-back guarantee if it doesn't do anything for you. But most listeners reorder. So why don't you just start it? Because if you are a new customer, you get one week for free. Powerpollen.com.au. Just go online and have a look. I swear by it. Rod swears by it. We all swear. Are you still on it out there? Yeah, I oh, am. Yeah, I'm talking to... Oh, I take, I take about three, three a day. It's great. You take three? I take three. I, I, get, I have that little extra boost because we work night shift. We have to be switched on. Three so. is okay because because it's a food. 
see, pollen is a food you can't overdose on it. So Thomas, whenever I feel a little bit sniffly, I take four. I take two morning, two at night, and uh, I come good. Stocks are limited. A week for free. Why don't you give it a go? Powerpollen.com.au. Quick break. Be back. Rod Hannafee is with us. We're going to get, we've got no lines available, so don't ring, especially you, Bill. Um, don't ring just yet. Uh, we're trying to find someone who wants to play Where's Wadney, but they can't get through, Rod. So what do you do? <laughs> take some calls. I'll, I'll take some calls. Uh, Jonathan's online. Jonathan, talk to Rod Hannafee. Yes. Uh, good evening, gents. How good are night. you? Oh, we're great. Thanks. What's, what's up? the way. Um, what I'd like to see, and I don't know quite how it would be achieved, would be a cap on road tolls. So I can allow for the rego of the vehicle, I can allow for the green slip, the insurance, but the toll charges that I seem to be paying outweigh all of that. And I'm just wondering if there's a way of capping it. So you know, maybe a, like a thousand bucks or whatever it is, the number is, is neither here nor there, but that's just an idea. Well, um, I saw on a motorway earlier, toll relief is available. Go to yeah. whatever the, the thing was. So um, have you looked at that? Is that suitable for what you're doing or not? No, because I'm a company and, the, and all of that toll relief um, is organised through my accountant. So I believe I'm, I might be getting that already, but I am still paying like thousands of dollars every year on the toll. Yes, yes. And and there and, are blokes who, yeah, who, who pay that in a month, mate, with a, a large number correct. of trucks using them. Correct, correct. And um, the road's the same, you know, but, but when you have a business that relies on using the road, you know, uh, it, it, it's just a shame it's not just capped. If they capped it, you know, okay, that'd be fine. You know, you work out however many thousand it is, and then the rest of the, you can budget for it, you know, you can allow for it. Yes. And, of course, it used to be that when they first built the toll roads, there had to be a free alternative so that yeah, you could correct. avoid them. But that, that yeah. got struck out because, of course, the, the companies that they got the uh, the money from and built the uh, the roads want a good return for their shareholder. They don't give a bugger about you as the motorist. They just no, want to make money out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just, uh, oh, it's just something that I just wanted to feel strongly about it. Good. Th you know? th thanks for your contribution, Jonathan. My pleasure. Have, uh, do you want me to guess where that truck is? <clears throat> where Rod is? Okay. Yeah. The clue is Rod. Seven hours. Seven, seven hours from Dubbo. It took him. It took yeah. him seven hours. Yeah, I, I reckon he's on the other side of Dubbo with a blown diff. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Th thank you, oh, Rod. Fair enough. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, jo Jonathan. Um, Dave from Kempsey, g'day. Dave, talk. Hey, Luigi. G'day, Dave. You ready? Ah, uh, another Nature B user, hey? That's... How is it working for you? Um, oh, look, mate, I think it just balances me out a bit. Um, the, uh, the topic I want to talk about, uh, the, the, the lack of good food, I think it just helps me, um, just keep my energy levels up a little bit and just balances the shit food I eat. That's fantastic. So long as it's doing you good because it's just fantastic. Now, why did you want to talk to Rod about? Right, uh, two things. Right, the um, the problem we've got with roadhouses at the moment, I think um, the, the ones that, that used to do 24 hours aren't doing 24 hours anymore because 
they're not getting the traffic. The reason they're not getting the traffic is they're not doing 24 hours anymore. <laughs> um, we just we just lost another one of the uh, of the best out on the Barrier Highway. There, shut the doors yesterday. Right. Um, and uh, the one we used to have one on the coast road here that used to run 24 hours, but due to a curfew, we can't get in there anymore. And they shut the kitchen at nine or whatever it is. Yes. But and and that. That place is still very well patronised by us blokes. Yep. But they would get a lot more traffic through there if they were open. Um, the only, the, so I think it's it's a little bit of a, a catch-22. They don't want to stay open because people don't patronise them, but people don't patronise them because they're not open. Yes, yes, and the one he's talking about is at Moorlands, and I actually stopped there last week, but there's a curfew on B-doubles going in there at night. I think it's 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. or something, isn't it? Uh, no, it's a bit earlier than that, mate. Um, oh, the B-doubles uh, curfew, I think, starts about the same time they shut. Ah, exactly, which is why they've done that. And and they when they first instituted that um, curfew, I did write to the council, uh, they did try and get it lifted, but of course, you know, somebody that doesn't rely on that service and us uh, just couldn't be bothered to allow us in there. It's not like you're going to have a thousand B doubles parked up and down the street. Um, it's not like it's it's a real traffic problem. You know, not like a school there or something like that. But no, somebody decided that that's it. They weren't going to allow it, and uh, and that's affected the business, which then affects how that we how we use that business and. Look, they're on a bit of a bypass as well. You've got to go off the highway to get in there. Parking's a problem, and, and that's the issue too, Luke, is that if you've got a site that has plenty of on-site parking, that's really good. But if you don't, and a lot of those old roadhouses were simply on the side of the road. We parked along the road, walked in, walked out, and now you can't do that because the bloke across the road doesn't like someone parking in front of his house or whatever it may be. And that's affected a number of sites around Australia over the years. Exactly. Um, there's, there's not a. I don't think there's a great deal that's going to change. I think the, the, uh, the fact that those joints are now shut of a night time um, is, it's just going to be the way it is. Um, I mean, it's all right for the blokes that run daylight. Yep. Um, they, they still manage to find decent places to eat but we're running out the guys that run overnight freight uh, are running out of places to get uh, something to eat like um, the, uh, the one of the places I've stopped um, for almost 30 years when I used to run that road was uh, the good old BP at the top of the hill there at Black Mountain yep. and they still cook 24 hours a day seven days a week but they don't have the traffic that they used to. Which one closed on the barrier? A uh, little tape line, mate. It did, did it? Okay, yeah. I know it was up for sale, wasn't it? Uh, well, I, I don't think they managed to get anyone to buy it, but, yeah, they just they shut the doors there um, Sunday afternoon and that's it. I mean, they've only, yeah. they've only had it now. I think they've only had it for four or five years. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it was there. a previous caller said that these bypasses kill them as well. Well, see, see, that's the thing. That, I mean, the bypass sort of killed Dave up there at Grafton. Yep. Um, he was another good one. Twenty hours a day, seven days a week, you get a fantastic feed. Well, 
the, the bypass sort of killed him. Um, but more, Moorlands bypass, if you're a daylight runner, that bypass of Moorlands going on and off the highway is stuff all. It's it like yeah. it's, it's literally two minutes off the highway and two minutes back on. Yeah. Um, and you won't get a better feed on the on the east coast anywhere between Brisbane and and Melbourne. I don't reckon. Yeah. All righty. Hey, Dave. Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate you coming in. Just, just real quick, mate. The other thing, um, as far as driver training goes. Yep. I, I believe the training and the the quality dropped dramatically when the government stopped doing it, and give it to all these RTOs. Because I mean, I, I did my bulk. Uh, DG uh, recall over the weekend and the, the trainer was telling me he goes around and does a lot of training external and this, the quality of the training has has diminished. All the trainers are doing is just making sure they're getting their students through the classrooms and getting the money through. So when when the, the government there, the road authorities give the the training up to, to all these RTOs, that's when they lost um sort of control of the quality. Yeah, and, and that's that's an issue, mate. They, they, we know that government does some things well and not everything well, and where they thought that they were making it better by doing it, the way that they've done it has created yet another problem. And it, it's an industry that, that affects training in so many different areas. And if you're just training to use, you know, tools or something like that, that's one thing. But to get out onto the highway, we know that the training impacts the level of ability of the people out on the highway. And yes, you, you get some on-the-job training. Some companies do do that. You learn by experience, but you've got to have sufficient knowledge when you start to not get you into trouble. And unfortunately, we see people getting into trouble because they don't have that, eh? Yeah, Dave, got to keep moving, mate. Thank you. All right. All right, guys, have a good night. Thank, see ya. Thank you, Dave. You're on the running for a Triple M T-shirt. Um, as well, one triple three five three. Still haven't got any lines available. We've got one. We've got one line now because I just took Dave. Al, hello. Where's Wadney? It took him seven hours to get from Dubbo to where he's parked on the side of the road. Now it took him seven. Where is Rodney? Al, good day. Good day, fellas. It's been that many years since I've run that particular road that I I couldn't even guess. So sorry about but that. But you don't know what uh, road. Well, no, you don't know what road he took. All we know well, is it took him seven fair. hours. Yeah. We'll give enough, okay. we'll, give, we'll give a clue. <laughs> we'll give a clue in, in five minutes, okay? Yeah. Okay, talk to Rod. Yeah, Rodney, I've had a bit of a problem with um, getting logbooks at times. And yep. you can only buy them from... Government offices in South Australia, the um, Service SA, and yep. you can spend anything, anything up to an hour, sitting there while people are paying their their council bills or whatever they be. You know, the government have turned it into a one stop shop, one yes. stop fits all, and it's ridiculous. You know, the other week, Maroolan were complaining that they had several drivers come through that didn't have logbooks. Well, yep. why can't you get them at Maroolan? I mean, you know, why aren't they selling them there? That would be convenient to the driver. The only way that you can get the damn things is um, is out of hours. Like, I work all night. Um, 
so I've got to I've got to go in my rest hours and sit around in in a place for an hour up to an hour to get a logbook. And uh, I just don't think it's right. If they want us to have logbooks, they should be able to provide them um, in places that are you know, reasonably convenient for us to be able to pick them up. And how many of those places can you park a B-double within QE of them to go and get said logbook? None whatsoever. The only way that you can do it is, <laughs> is to unhook and go bobtail or do it on your day off. Uh, yes, and, yes. And that's when you should be resting. And, mate, that's where I suppose in one way electronic work diaries are an option with that because you don't have to go and renew them. It's all done. But, of course, if you have a problem with your phone, that's an issue. Um, they are saying that that's a better way to do it. And in some circumstances, it is. Uh, at least in Australia, it's still optional, whereas in America, they brought it in um, mandatory. So every Class 8 vehicle had to have an LELD, it is over there, electronic logging device. Uh, and one of the arguments they had was that it was going to reduce accidents and it was going to do all these marvellous things, and that's why they made it mandatory. But there are those still now that say it's actually worked against it that from the minute you start your ELD over there, you're running, and it's put even more pressure on drivers to comply because computers, you can't move a computer one minute because you wanted to get into a decent parking bay, and the computer says you're out of hours in the middle of the highway, mm. and uh, then it creates another problem. So, mate, that might be an option for you. I understand what you're saying. The only thing you can do is write to Service SA, explain the problem, maybe they'll set something up at least where you've got, you know, a, a, a quick fee for a logbook. So you're not going to be there for all that time while everybody else registers their car. Well, when you go to an airport, uh, they do have uh, special lanes for various things for, for elderly people and, and people with um, special passes. Surely there could be one lane when you, when you have to check in, there's always a, a meter and greeter at the door says, what are you here for? And is issuing a ticket. Once that ticket's issued, surely that could have a priority. That, that you could well, I've had that, in. yeah. I have had that in, in New South Wales, in Dubbo. I've had the same thing, walked in, what do you want? Logbook. And one bloke actually pulled me aside and gave it to me and filled it out on the, the counter on the side. But that was one who was obviously a little bit aware of our time constraints. Um, but if they don't do it where you get yours regularly, Put in a suggestion to them. Okay, Al, we've got to keep moving, buddy. Okay. Th thank you for your call. Great points. Uh, don't know how we're going to give away this T-shirt today, right? How many good calls have we had? <laughs> yes, been excellent, mate. Even Bill from Taree had some good points. <laughs> eh? One triple three. One triple three five three. Um, where's Rodney? It took him seven hours to get to where he is right now. We'll give a clue. Uh, Rodney, what direction did you go? Ah, well, see, that's it. Oh, uh, okay. Was that too easy? No, no, I no. And I had to go around. Okay. Well, is that too easy? You, you want to give away another clue? Uh, have a think. Have a think. Yes. Have yes, a we'll think. Do. Okay. Chris is there. Chris, hello. G'day, fellas. G'day, Chris. Um, where are you? Where am I? I'm currently at Pheasant's Nest in, uh, on the way into Sydney. Okay. I know where that is. Okay, Chris, yeah. what's up? Um. Just just listening early on, uh, eight years you fellas have been doing this, apparently. Rod, is it? Well, you must be getting close. Rod, how long uh, had Jess and I been here doing this 
rubbish. The night, the night shift on Triple M. Before you suggested this, it was it was only a few weeks in, wasn't it? Oh, it was when I started, mate. It took me a little while to convince you, but yes, it took a little while before we started doing a, a proper weekly uh, event. So was so it, that was it, just it, me it, ringing and annoying you up until then? <laughs> it, so it was in our first year. Oh yes. Okay, well that was eight years ago, Chris. Yeah, well, in in that eight years, like you would have had a fair education on uh, uh, all the problems that truck drivers oh, face. You yeah, know, absolutely, it's, it's, absolutely. I, I I don't drive on the freeways the same way again, and I, and that education started from day one. Yep. Well, you you'd have heard it all about log books and mm-hmm. rest areas and. Um, NHVRs mm. and, and meals and that. We've, we've heard it all again this morning. Um, look, truck drivers are really, really good at, at telling us what the problems are, but not so good at uh, coming up with the solutions. Now, Rod uh, and, and, and I are, are both well aware that on uh, the 10th of February in Shepparton, the National Road Traders Association are holding our annual conference. Now, if, if ever you wanted to have your chance to have a say and try and give your ideas as to what might be a way of fixing any of the problems that you might see in the industry, for God's sake, take a bit of time on that Saturday, come along and take the chance to have your say. You'll never, ever, ever get a better chance. The uh, We're going to have uh, all, all the uh, major transport associations will be there in attendance, Rod, um, the, uh, in, including the TWU, um, the Australian Road Transport Industry Organisation, all the state transport associations will be there. We've got an array of politicians from uh, Senator Glenn Stirl, Senator Tony Sheldon, Senator Bridget McKenzie, who's the Shadow uh, Transport Minister. Um, there's this, so even if you're even if you're not confident about standing up in an open forum to have your say, grab a cup of coffee at, at Smoko time when when we're there, and and you might grab a chance to, to get into the ear of one of the politicians. Or Sal Petrosito from the NHVR will also be there. Adam Di Rosario from the National Transport Commission. Um, just. The, the opportunities there are golden for you if you really want to contribute to making a change instead of just ringing up and whinging all the time. Uh, Rod? Yes, and, and look, not everybody can get there, Chris, but we did give it a plug. Um, we hope that they will come along, and it is, at this stage, the best opportunity to have a say. Uh, sometimes we just can't all get to where the everything we want to go to, mate. You know that. Um, but yet we welcome anybody to come along and participate. You've got to book online and get a ticket. We want to know who's coming for the dinner, and it will be one of the best events of the year. Well said, Chris. If you want us to have your say, try and go along. We have someone from the NHVR coming on the program soon, Rod. We do. Uh, he mentioned Sal Petrosino. Yeah, we got Sal the coming CEO. on. Yeah. Yep, he's coming on the, the week before the conference. There you are. Okay, but look, Chris, you're quite right. Get along, have your say. Don't just... Whinge. Yeah, well, um, and and just something else I'd like to just point out is that everyone uh, um, in the NHVR, the board, all the board members are all uh, small operators, owner drivers, uh, drivers. They're all people who understand exactly what we need. We're, we're not bureaucrats or or lawyers or or, or, or paid staff. 
we're, we're all just volunteers doing our absolute best. And like, like Rod would be aware, and Rod himself, just the amount of hours that he puts into industry issues is just phenomenal, you know. And and uh, everyone, I've never, you know, I've never worked with a more dedicated bunch of um, individuals. And and we just like a bit of backup from the industry. Rod, Rod's cutting people a bit of uh, slack there for not everyone being able to attend. Well, for God's sake. Make an issue, make, make an attempt, really make an attempt. Shepparton's not that far out of the way for a lot of people, and um, and you really, really should make the attempt to be there okay. if you want to have a say. Got you, Chris. Message received, mate. Ten four, good buddy. Thank you for your call. One triple three five three. Rob will come back. We will. And you, while REM are playing, are going to think of a clue. We need to find out where you are. Okay. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. The night shift, Triple M, Trucky Tuesday. It's Trucky Tuesday. We're nearly out. There were so many callers there. Rod said he will stay on for a little bit of extra time. He's going to have to fill out a logbook or something. What do you do when you need to <laughs> drive on on the radio for a little bit longer than thought? First thought. Anyway, Rod will stay with us. Rod, where are you? Have you got another clue? I'm in a major capital, approximately three kilometres from where two major uh, freeway systems intersect. You're in a major capital? Say that again. Yeah, and approximately three kilometres from where two major freeways intersect. From where two major freeways intersect. You're about three yes. kilometres from where they intersect. Yes. And you're in a major capital. Yep. And it took you seven hours from Dubbo yeah, to get to Dubbo. where you are. But, but was it a tricky day? Was there traffic? Uh, you didn't fly as the crow flies. No, no, I drove as the B double drives. As the B double drives. Um, okay, Michael. Good morning, Michael. Talk, Michael. Uh, yeah, no, just been, been been listening in, um, and about the constraints that drivers are finding uh, in finding rest stops and, and yeah. truck stops that, that are available. Um, I'm about four to six weeks away from relaunching a tech company. My background's 20-odd years in the freight and logistics industry. Ah, um, you are just who we're talking about. Do you make apps? Uh, so I don't, but our development team in India do, but we're building a digital marketplace uh, where sort of, 600 supply chain categories can advertise directly to the industry that they service, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I was saying to Tom, sort of our, our platform's broken down by four core categories, logistics, facility, fleet, and professional. Um, and at a later point, we were talking about putting in a, 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 an element of that called entire journey, where a truck driver could uh, select a freight lane that they were travelling on, so say Sydney to Brisbane, um, and then that would basically tell them um, roadhouses and things like that along the way. Wow. Um, but would also include capacity for, for trucks, uh, what time roadhouses close, all, all of that sort of stuff. But and could the drivers and the consumers rate these truck stops out of, out of five, give them five stars or whatever, so that other users would know if they were worthwhile going to or not? I mean, we're trying to stay away from the ratings piece at the moment because, as most of the listeners would know, it only takes someone 
a truck running late or whatever it be to for somebody to jump on to say Google now um, and and say that they've had a bad experience, but we all know that there are elements along the way. Yeah, I, I agree. I've always worried about that, like with um, with travel apps and things. Um, or if someone is just narky and they can ruin somebody's business and 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 do it completely anonymously. I, I've I've often worried about that, but 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 Nikki, who books holidays, she she lives by these things, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, we 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 will be staying clear of that, and I mean, we 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 will just be the middleman in in the piece and trying to connect businesses to businesses a lot better than what happens now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the the relationship will be kept between our advertiser and user. So how do we, the consumer, know if it's any good? Uh, it will be like you, you, you've got to you've got to try it. So the way that we uh, deliver our search results to the user is specific to industry, category, location, or freight lane, um, and then operational scope from a, a freight and logistics perspective. Um, but then also we've got some related related services that are attached to it, which we could include into the roadhouse piece as well. Rod? Uh, and you say you're how far away from launching it? Uh, so we're, for the, the four core categories that we've got, uh, we're, we're four to six weeks, um, and then there would be some additional development time around the rest of like, this entire journey piece. Yep. Um, but right, I'd be happy to talk to you offline, and um, I, I was just just as uh, Tom answered, I was about to jump on and buy my ticket to come down to Shepparton as well. So, ah. um, yeah. All right, I tell you what, Michael, stay there. Tom will get your full details. He'll pass them on to Rod because you guys need to talk. Thank you for calling. Thanks, gents. You know what? It amazes me who's who's listening at this time of the morning. What are you doing up, Michael? <laughs> Um, I'm trying trying to keep the household going while launching a startup on on our own. Um, we we boots, bootstrapped it essentially, and we got kicked in the guts through COVID. Um, but we've it's, and it's taken us a little while to bounce back. Unfortunately, the first things that go in most budgets uh, is marketing and advertising, and yep. we copped it. But we think now, just we see. Uh, constraints that businesses are under in like lease costs and interest rates and fuel costs and wages and everything going up. We think that marketing and advertising is probably the one thing left in the business that they've got some control over. But traditional traditional forms of digital marketing are going through the roof because of everything else that's going up. Um, and we want to come in and, and save the industry okay. a lot of money. All right. Uh, stay there, Michael. Thomas is going to talk to you off air. Well, there you are, Rod. Who would have thought, eh? Well, it's got to come, Luke. Um, but the thing is, as you say, how do we then rate it? It's one thing to say we've got to go and test it, which is fine. But then it, it, there's two sides to that. Uh, you either get someone that, that just doesn't like the look of you because they saw your face, and so they, oh, no. they bag the, business, they bag the out. business out. Yeah, and, and that can happen, mate. We know that. Mm. Yeah, the same thing happens with simple things like Uber drivers. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. You you give them a bad rating, and Uber finds out about it. It might have been for something that was completely unfair. Uh, yeah. Rod, stay there. We'll come. Oh, how are your fruit trees, mate? They're going well. We yes. had really good rain in Dubbo last week, so of course I got home and I gave them some swift growth. And uh, you told me last week, or was it the week before, that they're taller than ever before, greener than ever before, and giving you fruit. 
Well, the fruit's coming. It's not ripe yet, mate, but yeah. the, the, the crop is looking good. There you are. Swift Grow. If it's green and it grows, you're going to love Swift Grow. It's the amazing all-organic fertiliser that has Australians raving about it. So why don't you start this new year with a greener, healthier lawn, bigger, healthier plants, better water retention and better tasting veggies. The all-natural Swift Grow, an amazing all-organic barramundi fertiliser and the world's raving about it. Launch the year with the best deal yet. It's five litres. It's a five-litre bottle of Swift. Rod, you've got the spray applicator too, haven't you? Sorry, what? you got the orange spray applicator. I do, yes, yes. I've used that on the lawn and on the fruit trees because they that? like it on their leaves. So when you go to swiftgrow.com.au, you ask Montana about the orange clip-on spray applicator. It's fantastic. Free delivery. Anywhere in Australia, if it's green and it grows, you're going to love swiftgrow.com.au. On Trucky Tuesday, Rod Hanafi's got time for a couple more calls and then he's got to put his head down with his little teddy bear in the back of his Kenworth and try and get some sleep and fill that logbook out. It goes something like that, doesn't it, Rod? That's it, mate. Yep. It does. Um, Rod, just and the quickie is coming up. We're running a bit late because Rod's got so many calls. Um... The quickie, and Thomas, I want you to give away a Triple M t-shirt for our Trucky Tuesday caller of the week. I'll let you come up with that one in just a second so we can announce it here. Very, very quickly. Uh, Darren, g'day. G'day, boys. How are you? So good to hear you doing well. Thank you, Darren. Uh, Mate, I just want to let you know, I just drove um, from Mount Gambia in the bottom of the south straight up to Brisbane uh, last week and came back uh, via the new highway. And the attitude of the truck drivers on the road was sensational. Um, Rod? Could not believe how many you'd come up behind. Obviously, you're doing 100Ks limited. You're doing 110 on the new highway. Put the blink on, let you go around them. No worries at all. Fantastic. Uh, good on you, mate. And look, we, we, we do try. Uh, there are times when uh, we, we don't get recognised for what we do or appreciate it. But, mate, it's good that, uh, that you found that uh, we treated you well and that, uh, mate, really appreciate your effort. Thank you oh, so David, much. It's it, good to it, hear. It, Yep. It was sensational. But that one thing I will say, though, the amount of parking bays we came across on the way up there with uh, a motorhome and a caravan parked side by side, instead of parking nose to tail, taking up so much room. That was one thing I did notice on the way up there and the way back. And, mate, it, it's a lot to ask, I know, and, and for those that are out there listening and, and see this as a problem, we need photos because it's one thing to say it happened it's another thing to prove it, and unless I can prove it, then yep. I struggle to get people to recognise the fact that we don't have enough places to stop. So we'll have to put that out as a call, Luke. Anyone that mm-hmm. sees that happening, we need photos with just a date and a place, and we can make something up, and we might be able to use that to actually push to get things improved. Good good call, Darren. Thank you, buddy. Cheers, mate. Yeah, it's nice to hear something positive, and uh, he, he wanted to be positive. So there you are. Very, very quickly. Uh, Jake, you're one of our last callers for Rod. Go ahead. How you going, mate? Good, Jake. What's up? I was just wondering, um, should all trucks be mandatory um, scales, inboard scales? Question for Rod. Mate, it's, it's coming. It depends on where you are, and it depends on where you load. Now, if you go out and load in a paddock and you yep. don't have perfectly level ground, it's a little bit hard to be perfect, 
but once you know the the freight your card and the, the site you can get the right place um we are only asking recently about getting access to the new south wales way bridges because they're all closed off and locked off uh, and i've written a yeah. specific letter to the nhvr asking them to leave them open so we can check way and make sure that what we're given is accurate uh, recently I got a load, they told me that it was one weight and it wasn't. And of course, unless you've got scales or access to a weigh bridge, you can't prove that till you're down the road. Then you get knocked off for being overweight. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the sucker truck too, mate. Like if you put um, wet sand on, um, you're definitely going to be over your weight. Yeah, and it does depend on, you know, what category you're in, whether you do liquids or whether you do solid, you know, those sorts of things all affect those scales and your ability. They're not cheap, but they can give you a good return once you've got them on the vehicle and they make sure that you're both legal and you're getting your full weight on. So as a driver, without inboard scales, how would you know your weight (laughs) if you, yeah, well, the customer still has to tell you, mate. It doesn't matter whether you go and pick up a carton and it weighs four kilos, they're supposed to tell you, or whether you go and pick up an excavator that weighs, you know, 57 tonne, you don't know that. They're supposed to supply you with that, and that's where in the chain of responsibility they yeah. have to give you accurate data because, as you say, how else do you know? The only thing you can do then is go to a Weybridge and checkway unless you have onboard scales. And I've got them on the truck and I've got scales on the trailers. Uh, the, the new trailers, hopefully, when they come, will have the system right through and I'll be able to read it in the truck. Mm. Okay, Jake? Yeah. Yep, no worries. Cheers. Thank you, Jake. Good question. Uh, Thomas, we need a T-shirt for Trucky Tuesday Caller of the Week. Um, and so many good callers, even Cranky Bill. Jeff, hello. Cranky Bill's not getting the T-shirt. Don't do. Don't give him that. Uh, Where where's Wadwick? Oh, Jeff. Okay. Hello. I'm not ringing for the quickie. I'm ringing for where's Wadwick. Okay, Rod. This is Jeff, who is a perennial pest on the night shift. <laughs> but oh, he, he's yeah. won. He's won the quickie six times. Okay. Oh, I'm using officiando. Okay, but but. No, he has a committee, I think. I don't know. I think no, he... no, there's only me and my mate guy. Okay. Anyway, he's not ringing for the quickie today. What is What is it, Jeffrey? Huh? Oh, I reckon he'd be, I don't know which direction he went, but I'll say, hey. No, mate. No, not there. Goodbye, Jeff. Not there. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, We need to find where Wadney is. Rod, we got one more clue. Uh, mate, there's not a lot of zoos in Australia, but I happen to be fairly close to one of them as well. You're close to a zoo? Mm. But you're not in Dubbo? No. It took you seven hours to get to where you are. Yes. You are in a capital city, and you're three kilometres from where two major highways intersect. intersect. Yes. And I'm not very far from a zoo. Really? I, I didn't know there was a zoo. I know where you are. I didn't know there's a zoo there. Is there? What sort of zoo is it? <laughs> An animal sort of zoo. They had a big thing over uh, Christmas, I believe. Did they? They did. There's a zoo there. There is. Where's Rodney? One triple three five three. Josh, hello. How are you, Lou? All right? Good, Josh. Good, good. I'm doing better after uh, than the other weekend before when I rang you. My voice is back, so we're good. Oh, good, um, good on you, Josh. <laughs> um, 
Look, I'm going to have a... I've got two things for Rod. I was going to have a guess to see where Rod is in saying... Uh, Sydney? We need, where in where, Sydney? Where, where, we need an exact... Oh, right. Um... No, I'm bugging. Just okay. the one I was actually thinking. I think's in Dubbo, Western Plains Zoo. No, he's from Dubbo. He drove from yeah, Dubbo. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. No, it, all right. But he also said he's in a capital city, three kilometres from where two major freeways intersect, and he's near a zoo. Okay, Josh. What was the other thing? The other thing too is, um, Rod, what I. <laughs> Well, we'll have to send you up to uh, Canberra with some petrol to have a, a clear out up there. But um, black <laughs> spots um, between Melbourne to Adelaide, obviously, like on the um, highway, Western Highway and Duke's yep. Highway and whatever. Um, what's to go with, like, yeah, like black spots just seem to be, like, just get well, getting worse. They're not getting better sort of thing, but, yeah. Just asking, like. Well, there is supposed to be specific black spots funding, and and normally where you've had an accident, somebody's died, that goes onto the list, and they look at whether that can be fixed. Um, last I heard, they had increased black spot funding, but of course, you know, you don't want those people to die simply to get the road fixed. So if you believe there's a problem. South Australia has a 1-800 number. I don't have that one in front of me because the other ones I remember a lot easier and I go use them a lot more. But there is a number that for you to call if you believe that there is a section of road that is not safe. Uh, we certainly promote that. And I had a, a lady during the week that rang me and said, look, I'd used one of the numbers in New South Wales. It took two weeks, but she got something fixed. She may well have saved somebody else's life by making people aware it does take time. I had a go at a driver I was talking to this afternoon and said, how long did it take us to get that bridge fixed? And it was nearly two years. So, you know, it, it's, it's a big country, a small population, one of those things we have to recognise. But if you think it's dangerous, ring and report it, mate. Okay. We've got to keep moving, Josh. Thank you so much. Where is Wadney? Because he's got to go. Um, Jacob, where are you? Uh, Newcastle, mate, just started work heading, heading down to Sydney. What do you do, Jake? Rodney is. I'm a truck driver. And you, you're on the move? You've just pulled over? No, no, I'm, I'm on the move. Started this morning, yeah. Okay, buddy. Where is Wadney? Wadney is in Arndel Park. It certainly is. <laughs> okay, Wadney, explain Arndel Park. And why, and why is, it took you seven hours to get there. Right. Well, last week I drove a single in and out of Sydney, and it only takes five. But in a B-double, you've got to come around via Newcastle uh, and to get into Sydney in a B-double. And Arndale Park is very close to the intersection of the M4 and the M7. Uh, it's not far from Eastern Creek, which is a bit of a truck hub. And the Sydney Zoo, uh, I passed the entrance to it as I came in to Arndale Park. Well done. Rod, you have a sleep now. And Jacob, you've won a Triple M T-shirt. Congratulations. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Stay there. We'll get your details. And Thomas, who wins Trucky Tuesday prizes today? 
Well, we've had some great calls this morning and some great conversation. Even Cranky Bill. Even Cranky Bill. Even Cranky Bill from Tara, he had some good points, but don't you dare give him anything. I I won't. Don't you worry. One of the things, that the overarching things we we spoke about this morning. No, no, wait, wait. I'm just having a think. Yeah. Rod, tell me if you back me up here. If we give Cranky Bill from Tara something, he might feel a little bit of remorse about the way he spoke to you off air. <laughs> nah. He might just feel a Guilt little... Guilt by association. It's exactly right. You know, have you ever used that psychology with your children, Rod? Oh, mate, I use lots of psychology. Sometimes mm. they use it on me. Okay. Just like my quickies, I play a tough game. Okay. Thomas, it's your call. So one of the consecutive things that we spoke about this morning were the roadhouses. I thought that was a great topic. Mm. And then we had Michael from Sydney call in and offer a great resolution to that with his big tech work that he's doing about developing this app to find places for truck drivers, for good places to pull up, eat, and do all those things. So for that reason, I think he wins uh, a prize from us. I want to give away something else. I want to give away uh, a litre of Swift Grow. Have you got another one? Have you got someone else that deserves something? Is there one that stood out to you? Uh, Rod, who stood out to you? Well, the other bloke that mentioned the idea of the app. Like, we've got a bloke that's going to do it, but the bloke that thought of the idea and said we should have an app for that. Okay. Earlier on, yes, before that. We'll give him a leader of Swift Grow. Shall we do that? Yes. Okay, good. All right. We're all in agreement. Do we have a quorum? (laughs) We do. Okay. John from Campbelltown, it was. John from Campbelltown. Congratulations. Montana will send you out a a litre of Swift Grow. And to all those callers, thank you very, very much. We'll do it again next Truckee Tuesday. When is the convention in Shepparton? It is on the 10th of February at Shepparton at the Woolshed. And who will be there? Ah, mate, who, the who's who of the Australian transport industry. You go to NRFA, National Road Freighters Association, and you can book a ticket there. Sal will be there from the NHVR. Sal will be there, yes, along from others from the NHVR, representatives from the NTC, TWU, and we've certainly invited other industry associations who had said they were coming. I think we had four senators there quoted earlier on. Uh, so we're looking forward to some uh, improvement for the industry, and it's being designated reforming the transport industry. All righty then. And you've got a book online if you want to go to the dinner. Yes. So book online, uh, National Road Freighters Association's website, and you're there. Rod Hannafy, whoo, a big morning. We'll do it again next Tuesday, yes? We will, mate. Ten for good buddy, and keep on trucking. And we have another competition coming up in a second. The Quickie. We're a little bit later than usual because Rod Hannafy ran late. But some great calls for Trucky Tuesday today. I reckon one of our best Trucky Tuesdays, even with Cranky Bill from Taree. Absolutely. And you know what? Better late than never. Better the Quickie. <laughs> okay, so the Quickie is coming up in just a second. We know it's a 1980s song. We know that the... Did I nearly say the band? I had to stop you there. The artist... Is one one of the eighties huge biggest artists ever? Bigger than this room? Uh, much, uh, yeah. And it's not even Ricky May. No. But it was a huge song from a huge artist, and another clue is coming up in just a second. The quickie just around the corner. One triple three five three. Hey, listen. If you are travelling with sleep apnea, and if you know you snore, 
And if you think, I've got to get tested. Testing can be bulk billed if you go through the sleep specialist's survey, S-O-V-E. And they have this amazing ResMed Air Mini Travel CPAP machine and the travel bag. It's a package, actually. And there's a saving of 72 bucks, but they do have repayment plans. You've got to talk to them. Now, this little machine only weighs 300 grams. It actually fits in the palm of your hand. Ideal if you're, if you're sleeping on the road or if you're going on holidays. This is brilliant. Contact Sovey CPAP Clinic. And this offer ends January 31. So there's one more day of January tomorrow. I thought today was the last day. I've... We've always had January 31. Oh, I get mixed up. That's why you got me. January 31 is when it, it finishes. Visit Sovey CPAP Clinic at sovey.com.au. That's Sovey or call 1-300-762-939. CPAP is used for obstructive sleep apnea treatment. Always follow the directions for use when considering whether CPAP's right for you. Speak to your Doctor, the quickie's next. Okay. Now, the quickie. It's a bit later than normal. So, listen up. Okay? We caught people out of their comfort zones this morning. Thomas? That's, no. that's right. That's okay. But that's what we do. You've got to keep people on their, on their toes. Otherwise, they become complacent. Remember, if you have a survey book, tick triple M. Now, now, here comes the quickie. Uh, it's a 1980s song. It was a big, big hit in the 1980s. The artist is a massive 1980s artist. The quickie sounds like this. And the clue is... This song peaked the number three position on the Australian charts. In 1986? Yes. It peaked at number three. Peaked at well, that's giving three. it away. People got to... You know what the quickie sounds like? Mm. It, it sounds like could be the... anything. What's that? Nothing. <laughs> it, it sounds like the the sound that the what, what's the, the the thing at the end of the car where the smoke comes out of? It's an exhaust pipe. It sounds like an exhaust pipe going off. What's the thing explosion. at the end of the car that smoke comes out of? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's an exhaust pipe. Okay. It sounds like an exhaust pipe going off. Okay. And and combustion engines used to have them, okay? I'm learning. The metal thing that comes out the back where smoke comes out of, is that the thing you're referring to? That's the thing I'm yeah, referring to. Yeah, that'd be an exhaust well, it pipe. It could have been anything. Okay. There, it sounds like the exhaust pipe from the jet engines from the Batmobile. Oh, yeah. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like an afterburner. Yeah. What song is that? Big hit in the 1980s, peaked at number three in the 80s. 13353 is the telephone number. That is the quickie. Let's get rid of this quickie. That's what it said. It does sound like Afterburners from Top Gun. Not that. What did Thomas say? Sounds like that noise that comes out of that. From What did you say? It comes out from behind a car. Yeah, that that, that, that big long stick, that the, pipe the, at the, the back long, of the, the car. The pipe at the back of the car where smoke comes out. Yeah, the exhaust. Well, I'm not wrong. Dane, hello. G'day, mate. How you doing? What's the quickie? Mate, I thought it was You're the Voice by John Farnham. Oh. No. Bugger. Bugger. Ah, well, I took a shot. Have a shot. There'll be another clue today. I reckon it'll go off today with Thomas's clue. It peaked at number three in the 80s. It's an 80s song. It peaked at number three on the Australian charts. Guy, hello. 
Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Guy. Well, after, after heavy consultation with the cereal, the Triple M cereal pest, yes, I think we've come up with the answer of the Bengals Manic Monday. You know who Guy is? He's he's bloody. <laughs> He's Jeff's comrade. He's Jeff's mate. Yeah. Part of the dynamic duo. Does he give you, has he given you three of the six T-shirts he's won? No, 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 no. It's been a combined effort all the way. (laughs) Hey, Guy, because you've called up and you've helped Jeff out, are you in your truck at your moment? Absolutely, absolutely. Look, Jeffrey plays his horn all the time. I'm doing the same. Oh, beautiful. That's what's going on. Can you give us a blow of your horn? (laughs) Well, blow it. Goodbye, guy. <laughs> Goodbye. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Here it is again. That's the quickie. 80s. Big artist. It peaked at number three. The night shift. Triple M. I'll drag him back with Mark and the young years here on the Triple M network with Bona. One triple three five three. Mick. G'day. G'day, mate. How you going? I'm I'll fantastic. That's like having a go at the quickie. I want you to win it. Oh, is it Motley Crue kickstart my heart? That's a very, very good guess, but no, Mick. But you've got good ears, but no. Oh, thank you, mate. You have a good day. You eh? too, brother. You have a very, very good day. Um, Yvonne, what is it? Hello? Hello. Hi. Um, I think it's um, like we are wiped out by the Hoodie Gurus. No, it's not. That sounds like it, though, doesn't it? Where are you calling from? Sydney. And what are you doing up? How come you're listening? I'm on my way to work, actually. I'm going to the airport. What do you What do you do at the airport? I work in the duty-free. Oh, right, right, right. You sell duty-free stuff? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually won something years ago, way before COVID, and, and, um, and I, I heard a song, and I um, actually got it. So I thought I'd try to, try to get it. I heard it yesterday, the song. I thought, yeah, maybe it's Hoodie Gurus. But anyway, let never me, mind. Let me just ask you about working at duty-free. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. I won't ask you specifically what part of the duty-free you're working because I don't want to embarrass you, right? Okay. But do you reckon duty-free is worth it? No. (laughs) Alcohol, yes, but no. Not like it used to be when you would go on holidays and you'd buy yourself a camera. Yeah, yeah. It was one one of the days where you where you could actually really get excited about duty free. It's different now, very different. So, is duty free? Do you remember there was a Seinfeld episode? Yeah. Um, and they have a conversation. I think Kramer's driving George to the airport, yeah. and he says he likes to shop at the duty free shop. And he says, "What is duty? Yeah. You don't even know. You don't even know what duty is. You remember that? Yes, yeah. I do actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah." Sorry, go. I know, it's, it's just different. It's just really different now. It's just disappointing. Um, but yeah, I'm just, like, I like the environment. But I'm like Kramer, or was it George? I like to shop at the duty-free shop. Sure. I like to I shop, like at, shop the du- at the duty-free, duty-free shop. Yeah. Hang on. The duty-free shop? Duty-free is the biggest sucker deal in retail. You know how much duty is? Duty. Yeah, duty. Do you know how much duty is? No, I don't know how much duty is. Duty's nothing. It's like sales tax. Well, I still like to stop at the duty-free shop. Do it with me now. I like to stop at the duty-free Duty free. shop. Do it with me. I like to 
I like to shop at the duty free shop. I like to shop at the duty free shop. I like to shop. Sorry. Yeah. That was a funny episode. They all are anyway. So you shop at duty free. You work at duty free. You reckon the alcohol's worth it, but the... Oh, yeah. Do you know what I wonder? I often wonder who in their right mind buys a $30,000 diamond ring at the duty-free shop in an airport. I know. Who does that? Do, do people really it's do it? Or, or buy a $12,000 bottle of scotch at the duty-free shop? Who does that? It's every now, every now and again you'll get, in, in my department, um, not so much because we don't have that really expensive one, but in the main store you will get people that spend, like they'll buy an expensive watch or, or uh, an expensive bottle of wine. Um, I think it's, Organisations and it's more—I don't know if I can say like China, Singapore. Those they're people with a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And maybe they get it on a business expense. What? It sounds like one of those moments in movies where they're about to madly propose a sign before they catch a flight, so they better buy a ring on their way through or something like that. Yeah, is is that like? I, I kind of relate to that by buying Servo flowers on Valentine's Day on my way home. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You with me? Was that going somewhere? No I just don't know who buys a $30,000 ring Or a $12,000 bottle of scotch How much duty is? Duty's nothing It's like sales tax Well, I still like to stop at the duty free shop Come on, Yvonne I like to stop Okay, I'm going to go Have I'm a good day my car now. Bye okay, See you later duty free shop. I like to stop at the duty free shop I've got a feeling the quickie will go off where people think about the clues. Okay, so in 1980s, big hit, big artist, and the song peaked at number three on the Australian charts, and it sounds like the exhaust from the Batmobile. As I think that's what you meant. I think, yeah. I think that's what you meant. Adam, hello. Adam, talk. Hey, morning, Luke. Morning, Adam. Dreen, dreen, hungry like a wolf. No, it's not, Adam. Brian, what is it? Brian. Hello. Yes, Brian, go. Yes, Aerosmith, love in an elevator. No, 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 it's not. Andrew, hello. Yes, is it uh, Fleetwood Mac, Sweet Little Lies? No, no, no. Number three in the Australian charts somewhere in the 1980s, and it was a very, very big artist. Have a crack. This is The Night Shift. The Night Shift on the Triple M Network. Should Australia seriously think about going down the conscription path again? The question is doing the rounds on social media again because of Dr. Alexi Murivy from the Curtin University in Western Australia, who has come out on Sky News and said that because of the current wars in Europe and the Middle East, this could spark for a nuclear catastrophe. And he says, quote, the primary consideration is on readying countries and coalitions like ours for the possibility of an all-out war. 
Now, as I said, he wrote this in an opinion piece for Sky News. This associate professor of national security said there are several potential flashpoints in countries close to Australia, which could lead to open confrontation. And basically, he's saying we need a return to national service. Now, plenty of other people have been saying we need this to try and combat the juvenile crime wave that we're currently experiencing right around Australia. It's not just Queensland, it's everywhere. Should we bring back national service so that those young, influential kids that are somehow caught up and tempted to join a neo-Nazi group can learn about real Australian values? So that kids who break into houses, steal cars and assault people, and the Eshe little dickheads that run around and harass people, put them in the army and teach them what life is all about, teach them a trade, teach them discipline. It's not a new idea. People have been talking about it for a long, long time. Now, the phone number is 13353, but earlier this morning, I received a bloke, a call from a bloke called John who is currently still serving in the armed forces. He's been there 20 years. And this is what he had to say. Good day, Scott. Hey, how are you, mate? You going all right? Yeah, can't complain, mate. You off to work or coming home from work? Uh, nah, started about 2 o'clock this morning. Okay, so how long have you got to go? And, oh, I'll be finished this summer. I've been down the old stomping ground, mate, down to Blaney. Oh, I've been to Blaney many times. What are you doing, Blaney? Oh, no, just going out to get a load and come back to Sydney. You'd so. st- stop off for a, the Hang Sing Chinese restaurant. Sounds good to me, mate. The I'll ha- have a cup of turbots for you. The Hang Sing Chinese restaurant, Main Street, Blaney. Yum Cha, now available. No, no worries, mate. Just to go to Quiggy. I used to cookbook, do the ads mate. for Thomas. Yeah, go on. Uh, maybe Meatloaf, Fat Out of Hill? No, it's not. That would be 70s. Okay. That would be 70s. Uh, this, this is 80s, okay? No worries, mate. Have a good day. Call me back anytime. Trav, hello. How are you, Luke? Good, Trav. Talk. Hey, uh, just a quick shot of the quickie, mate. Yeah. Um, wouldn't be Def Leppard Rocket, would it? Whoa, now I've already played that this morning, but when I did play it earlier, I thought, gee, that sounds like the quickie, and it kind of fits all the all the clues. No, it's not, but a very good guess, Trav. No worries. Cheers, Luke. See ya, brother. Have a good day. Uh, Ken's in Adelaide. G'day, Ken. What's going on? Hey, Luke. How's it going? Good, thank you. Thanks for calling. Thanks, yeah. Just got home from work. What do you What do? you do? Uh, Australia Post night sorter. Oh, Okay. Yeah, just started that. It used to be on day shift, now I switched to night shift, so a bit of a change. Straight, I tell you what, people may not be sending cards, but I tell you what, they're sending packages, aren't they? Oh, there's heaps, yes. Yeah, hey? Not so much handwritten, but still bills and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, Back. the bills are going to come, yeah. A lot, of pe- sure. a lot of people get their bills online. Most of our bills are online now. We don't get those envelopes with the little window in them anymore. It's all yeah, online. A lot of it now is probably just advertising. Yep. Anyway, at least you got a job. What's up? I was wanted to have a go at the quickie. Yes. I was thinking, John Farnham, two strong hearts. No. Oh, thanks anyway. Sorry, Ken. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Trevor Long and Tech Talk is next.
Time for Tech Talk with Trevor Long from EFTM, everything for the man. Good morning to you, Trev. Morning, Lukey boy. Happy Tuesday, brother. Hey, listen, it's, uh, it's great to be here. Listen, has Optus yet worked out what went wrong? No, no. Do no. they know what I went mean, wrong? I mean, yeah, with, with the outage last year, yes, yeah. they did. They, I mean, they worked out how badly their network was configured and how it all went wrong for them, but... Uh, doesn't change the fact that, that their entire business was dead for a day. But what they did do, do you remember? Um, in fact, early in the morning, so we were, we were the you first, were first to talk on about it that morning. You right? were first on You rang me and said, mate, guess what? I remember, yeah, about 5 o'clock. And that's at 5am, that's right? 5.05, I reckon we talked. And then by 10 o'clock, they were still not talking themselves. But by 10 o'clock, they were issuing email kind of statements. And they their first one said, don't worry, Triple O still works. Then later in the morning, they said, um, look, Triple O still works on their mobiles, but on their landlines, there are some issues. Um, and then later in the day, there was this weird statement from maybe even the minister or something about Triple O. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it turns out, fast forward to the Senate inquiry about Optus, that they, they reported 229 phone calls to Triple O, did not work. Now, that's bad. That's 229 people who might have been in a life-threatening situation. Well, this week, Optus announced that they got that number wrong. Mm-hmm. What's it the, wasn't, 200, what wasn't was, 229. 229 was the original number. Trevor, tell me. Get, what, what's get the calculator out. 229. Yes. Plus, yes. okay, plus 2468. That's that's the additional numbers. That's 2,697 people whose ability to call triple o failed now the the real problem here is that having only just discovered this um it's also a problem that there are 2468 people who did not get a welfare check which is as i understand it this is the um this is the code this is the requirement for uh, telcos if there's a failure in the system their triple o that they need to reach out to their customers and say is everything okay Mm. because we know you tried to call triple o now here's my problem, my biggest problem with this is, and I think this is a inherent problem with Optus's, I guess, just business. They've gone, there's 2,468 people who failed to call triples, uh, uh, were unable to call triple zero. We're going to conduct welfare checks and we're going to write them a letter. Pick up the phone. Seriously, <laughs> ring these people. There's more than 2,600 people that work at Optus. Give everyone a phone number and say, talk to them. It's true. Honestly, it's true. Get, get on the phone and say, listen, the CEO, the acting CEO, Michael should Venter. be making, yep, should be making at least three to four calls a day uh, to Optus customers who were affected by this and saying, look, we're really sorry. I just want to check in. Everything's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry that it happened and we're doing everything we can to make sure it doesn't happen. And then you just have to sit and listen to them whinge for 10 minutes. That's life. That's what will happen. They'll complain. <laughs> Some of them will just hang up and go, yeah, well, screw you, and then hang up. Mm-hmm. But pick up the phone and ring these people. Jesus. This interim CEO, Michael Venter, how long will he be interim CEO? Who, uh, who's next? Who Who's going to get the gig? I don't know, mate. They, they're either waiting for the ICAC appeal so that Gladys can be a consideration yeah. or yeah. they are struggling to decide who it should be. I thought but, I thought number A. I always thought that Gladys was the number one choice, but they're just going to wait for the ICAC thing. It, it feels more and more likely as the days go by. Mm, otherwise, they would have chosen um, someone by now. 
that's right. Yeah, that's that's my that's my feeling. Mm. And oh, I'm not I, look. Gladys is great. I was a massive fan of her in, in in every way, shape, or form. And I think she'd she'd be a good leader. Um, and that's what they need right now. They need someone. Who, mm. Here's what they need. They need someone who last week would have stood up in front of the media and said we made a boo boo, and here's here's what we're doing about it. And what we're doing about it is we're phone calling these people, or we're knocking on their doors. We're not sending them a letter. So that's what they need. They need a leader who is public-facing, uh, customer-focused, and I'm not sure that they're any closer to getting that. But, yeah, not a, not a great week for Optus in that sense. There you are, folks. Trevor Long, EFTM, and you'll see him on Channel 9 today? I'll be on tomorrow morning tomorrow. talking um, about tech that can save you time. There you are. Okay. Now, a topic for another day, because mm. you've given us enough to think about today. I have had my Galaxy phone for a year now. Remember I dropped, yes. the, I dropped my yes. Apple phone in the swimming pool in, yep. ba- in Bali? Because you're a genius, yep. Yep. No, well, the, tr- the thing is, as soon as I slipped it over... It didn't and, jump out of your phone, uh, out of your my hands, hand. mate. No, but no. I fell over in the swimming pool. I slipped because the tiles were too slippery. And, no, uh, sure. and so I immediately held it above my head. The problem was above my head was sideways. Okay, we've been there. Mm, okay. So I, I bought Jacob's... Galaxy, and so I've had a year to play with this Galaxy, and the Minister for War and Finance has the exact same phone. She said, oh, "This is good because I can help you with it." Yep. The, the, my verdict's in. I hate it. I want to go back to Apple, but can I justify twelve hundred bucks, or do I put up with it? No, you can't, because in the end, what you've got now is a is a, is a great phone. It does the I does everything it. you need. It's just frustrating in some small ways. That's you know put up why. Put why up. why spend so much money on something that's just a minor frustration in your life? And the quickie. Here it comes. You ready? Don't, and don't just, you, your go-to is John Farnham, okay? It's not John Farnham. It's definitely John Farnham. Okay, Trevor, what's that? Wow, that's Coldplay. And um, no, I've got no idea, mate. Uh, but listen, can I give you a hot tip, hot tip, hot tip, hot tip? Get Thomas onto this tomorrow, right? Yep. Um, there's a bloke on TikTok called Cyril. He's from Darwin. He's a, they call them DJs or producers. I'm not, it's not my thing, but you know, they, they remix music. Yes. This kid, this kid is remixing absolute classics. Mm-hmm. So Stumbling In, remember Stumbling In? Yes, I do. Susie Quattro. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, he's remixing that with doof doof music in it. That's how I describe it. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, it's not horrible. How old is he? He, I look at him on TikTok and like he'd be, in his 20s, early 20s. But, like, mate, pure Aussie. Like, he's pure Aussie. And it's, like, I'm not into that kind of music, but I'm enjoying it. I think it's good stuff. Anyway, I recommend Stumbling In by Cyril. Cyril on TikTok. That's it. And he's, he's put it on Spotify and Apple Music. But I'm telling you, it's it's pretty cool what he does with it. Is this Cyril? Yeah. That is Susie Quattro with Chris Norman Norman from Smokey. Hang on, yes. Yeah, Cyril Riley is his name. He's got like one of those bucket hats on that's got McDonald's on it. That's him. Absolute cracker. That'll be up my alley. Trevor Long from EFTM, everything for the man. Goodbye. See you, mate. The Night Shift, Triple M. Maddie Larson is coming up with news headlines. All the news you're waking up to today, Tuesday, January 30. This is Paul Simon for you now on Triple M. Time to have a look at the news the, uh, that you're all waking up to today, Tuesday, January 30. And Maddie Larson from Triple M News joins me live. Good morning to you. 
Good morning, Luke. Just before we jump into the news headlines, I was talking to Shane Oliver from AMP, uh, Chief Economist with AMP, a second ago. Your your bank, Maddie, where you live, mm. do you have a branch that you can walk to and see a real person? Because Bankwest are closing down their Western Australian branches and they're going to go completely online. Do you have a branch that you can walk into? Yes, I do. Wow. And the only time I've used it, though, and this would be important, I assume this would be different for a different bank, but I had to go there in person because I had had money illegally taken from my account and it was of a significant amount uh, from overseas people hacking in, whatever. You have to go there in person because it's above a certain amount of money. So it's interesting as to how, with you know, scams on the rise and everything like that, how a bank without a branch would operate yeah. in that situation. I know, uh, but I'm sure they would have something like that in place. They would, they would just operate differently to the bank that I have. I assume. Well, we had uh, money taken from our account, uh, a mm. credit card, and it was easy to spot on the um, on the statement because it was from a sports betting account, which we don't have, mm. f- via mm. Darwin. So it was very, very easy to spot. And we had it fixed all over the phone. Yeah. Well, mine was quite interesting. Mine was actually taken from Ireland and the UK. Uh, And despite me being in the bank in person, uh, they had to prove that it wasn't me. Uh, And it happened about three hours beforehand. So not sure what flight they're taking from Ireland to Australia, but it's a quick one. That is supersonic. That is supersonic. Yeah. Yeah, That's really strange. Hey, listen, a terrible story out of Sydney yesterday. A woman's been attacked by Mm. a shark and it was Elizabeth Bay. And for those around Australia that don't know, I mean, it's a very little quiet piece of Sydney Harbour. It's a pretty little place. Um, I guess the last place you'd expect to be bitten by a shark. Yeah, it's also right near some iconic landmarks as well, Sydney about House, four k's yeah. from the Sydney Opera House. So uh, you would usually get that view when you're swimming around the harbour at that area. And for those in the likes of uh, Brisbane that are probably thinking, why would you swim in a harbour? A lot of people do swim in Sydney Harbour. There is different bays and beaches around that area. A lot of them are fenced off. Area. I was only there the other weekend, actually, not at Elizabeth Bay, but on a boat swimming. So our fr- we were already sort of talking about the bull sharks, that sort of thing. Very different to Brisbane. But anyways, what's happened with this woman is she was swimming alone um, at a private wharf around 7.45 at night last night. So that time I think is quite important. But she suffered significant injuries to her lower right leg and it's a suspected bull shark attack, but it's being investigated by uh, primary industries. Now, a local has also uh, spoken in newspapers saying that he heard a scream and ran outside his home to find the woman trying to pull her from the water back up onto the jetty. Now, luckily, another neighbour who lives nearby is a vet and she helped apply a tourniquet to stem the bleeding before paramedics arrived. Now, thankfully, the shark um, attack victim is now in a stable condition in hospital, but quite a terrifying experience, not just for her, but also the bystanders. Um, I could not imagine just hearing a scream and looking outside your home and and seeing um, something so horrific unfolding. Uh, but thank goodness for that vet who's, yeah, really uh, helped the woman in that situation. Who knows how different the situation could be. Do not go swimming in Sydney Harbour, folks. I'm telling you that for, for you sure. You can, though. You can. I only just hired a boat the other weekend. And you went swimming? So you can. 
Yes, 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 good, I did. Good luck Mine was uh, near Taronga Zoo. I was sorry over the other side, but okay. um, people do go swimming. In I wouldn't. I'm just hole telling hole you, I wouldn't. King Charles and the yeah, Princess. Yeah, my friends weren't keen. <laughs> Anyways. King Charles and the Princess of Wales, they've both been discharged from hospital mm-hmm. now. Yes, that's right. Discharged uh, from the same hospital within hours of each other. So Princess Kate, she's returned home and that's almost two weeks after unspecified planned abdominal surgery with a 42-year-old to now take a prolonged period of rest as she continues her recovery, while the 75-year-old monarch underwent a scheduled procedure at the weekend for an enlarged prostate and has rescheduled upcoming engagements. Now, Kensington Palace has this morning released a statement saying a huge thank you to the entire team at the London Clinic, especially the dedicated nursing staff for the care they provided. Well, isn't that good? And um, I don't know whether you were ever a Sarah Kay fan. Sarah Kay desserts, they've been given a lifeline. They could be back on our shelves within just a few weeks. Are you a Sarah Kay fan? Sarah Lee fan. Sarah, I meant Sarah, Sarah Lee. Lee. Yes. Yeah. I meant Sarah Lee. <laughs> I was like, Sarah Kay. I meant Sarah Lee. I'm getting on to this. Yeah. I mean, if there's more dessert options out there. Yes. Yes, definitely. Especially the apple pie. And taking note of the new owners that have taken over, they say that they're a, an Aussie family who grew up uh, having the apple pies from Sarah Lee and they've jumped on board to, yeah, save an Aussie icon, I would call it. <laughs> Sarah, I meant Sarah Lee. I'm, I'm getting tired. Sarah Lee. It's that time of the morning. Everyone up under. Do you know what I need? A big <laughs> slice of Sarah Lee cheesecake. You do. That's the one. That it was the cheesecake that got everybody mm. excited. Roll it and pull it and roll it again, layer upon layer upon layer. So Sarah Lee lives to be eaten another day. Um, good on you. Thank you so much for that, Maddie Larson. We will talk again tomorrow, okay? It sounds good. Thanks, Luke. See you, mate. Yes, Sarah, okay. Sarah Lee. They're back, folks. They are back. If you missed any of today's program, it's all on our podcast. It'll be a fascinating podcast today. It's on the Lister app. If you want to send us uh, an email, if you couldn't get through this morning, please do, because we love your emails, nightshift at au. And the clue for the quickie, which sounds like this, tomorrow's clue is also on the podcast. Okay? You have been warned. Today's Tuesday, today's Tuesday, Tuesday soon. Monday is washing day, is everybody happy? You bet your life we are.